The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG brand management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Freak God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey, bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted. Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes in a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV Fitness Foodie experience, visit Zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit Zorosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on podbeam.com and visit patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Aren't the droids we're looking for. Master Skywalker. There are too many of them. What are we going to learn? Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. Do my only hope. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Hi, hi, hi. Execute 
Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, and yes, you Transdotians as well, because this is an inclusive podcast. Welcome to another edition of the New Force Order. Podcast. We're Star Wars Podcast. And this is episode 112, where the players dwell. And if you don't know that by now, not only are you not getting laid because you're not a player, son. I know you're not a player, but... I just crush a lot. You ain't crushing either, because you ain't got no hope, son. And what happens to those who do not have hope, Doc? Uh, you can't build a rebellion? Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. That's right, you can't build a rebellion. You can't build any relationships. You can't have any relationships with friends with benefits. Because guess what? You're a dweeb, you're a herb, you're a Star Trek fan. You're probably listening to the Academy and actually think it's a good podcast because the Spanakopita man, John Enright, and Triple D are over there giving each other reach rounds, going live long and prosper. But I digress! Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O H to the O V E. No, I'm just kidding. My name is the Greek God Papadon, aka GGP. I am a pro wrestler. I am a Star Wars aficionado. I am a multi-time champion in a galaxy far, far away, and current heavyweight champion in three different promotions. Not That's one, not two, but three. Thank you, Doc. Three, three. At the same time. Now, alongside with me is a dark, sinister Sith Lord who is hiding like a bitch on Exegol in the Sith Witness Protection Program. Do me a favor there, big guy. Hit him with a, hey, yo, and then introduce yourself. Hey, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the Dark Lord of the podcast, the Sith Ori, the Rampaging Revan Kiss, the Butcher, your boy, Dark Spiridon. And last, but certainly not least, because not only is he number one in your heart, he's number one in your ass. He's the doctor with the kung fu grip. He's a doctor who spent too much money at Galaxy's Edge. He's the medical droid who can steal your girl because he is the right tool. But most importantly, he steals your thunder. Introduce yourself, Sean. I am smarter than 2-1-B, more technical in FX7, the god of stealing thunder. This guy just stole my thunder because I am a few credits lighter. Actually, I am a lot credits lighter from uh, Galaxy's Edge yet again, as well as a benefit auction for one of my friends, Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. Uh, well, Speaking, wait, listen, let me... Let me get the show off today, okay? Speaking of Galaxy's Edge, I just saw literally, literally, 48 hours after my plane lands, uh, they've got some new sabers, some new legacy sabers at Galaxy's Edge. Okay, so when I was there over the weekend, over the week, actually. Over where? Over where? Over I was at a, a Star Wars. Out. Star Wars land, as my mom says. Like, I'm going to fucking uh, campus, Ow! I'm sure. You're going to Star Wars. Yeah, how'd you know she calls me out? 
Alexander, you're going to Star Wars oh, Land? Me, she's mad at me. She calls me Alexander. That's the only one. Tell, tell, tell that fine piece of human meat, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, that I am waiting here for him. That's uh, Abuelita, not not Mama, not not Mamalita. Um, oh, oh, that was the Abuelita. This you're not yes. talking about Abuelita. I'm talking about mother. So, um, they uh, when I was there, they discontinued because I was trying to. One of my friends wanted me to pick him up one of the temple Jedi temple guard sabers. Discontinued, gone, no more. Doesn't exist anymore. They replaced him with Count Dooku. How uh, dare you? Exactly. How dare you? How dare you? His saber was there, um, and uh, they also discontinued the Asajj Ventrice saber. So, which is odd because. When last I was at Galaxy's Edge, well, the first time, my brother-in-law bought the Temple Guard and I bought the Asajj. So both of them are gone. Now I'm also hearing rumors that they they also uh, decommissioned um, the uh, Ahsoka ones. But I did see them there over the weekend, which is weird. And then I find out today that they released two new sabers for Galaxy's Edge. One is the Ray Scavenger Saber. Now, it's oh. not the reforged Skywalker saber. It is the Ray saber that she made from the tip of her spear. Ray! Um, exactly. And then they also added the Princess Leia saber um, from the training uh, montage with Luke. So when I got there, I was running through Galaxy's Edge to get to the, what, the, the workshop to put my name on the list. And you just I made the list. You just made the list. And I saw at least two dudes walked by me with these big clear bags and they're on their backs. And they had these boxes that were about, I don't know, two foot and a half by like uh, eight inches about the size of my penis. Um, that, uh, I am assuming had the Luke Leia sabers that we talked about last episode on the, um, you know, there's only 3000 made and 800 and I'm assuming either it's 800 each park. So Disney world, Disneyland or 400 each park. I don't know. When I got to the Saber store, the Saber store, uh, they were sold out. So between May 4th and May 5th is when they were gone. And the last were sold on May 5th. I haven't even checked eBay to see how much they're flipping with it, but I'm sure that it's pretty expensive. But the fact that they dropped the Layer Saber today tells me that they're going to be a little less expensive because uh, now the Saber that was exclusive to that set is no more exclusive. So new Sabers at Galaxy's Edge, of course. Uh, five days after I get home. Are you upset because you couldn't get a Leia saber for your daughter? So that's what I was thinking about doing. Um, I know that's why I said it, bro. I know, I know that's what I was thinking about doing. Uh, and kind of putting it away for her. I probably wouldn't have bought the Obi Wan. I would have bought the either the Leia or the Ray. The Ray! Just because it's such an odd-looking saver. And, no, um, you should buy... This is what I would have done if I were you. I'd buy the Leo, the Leo one for your daughter. Yeah. Put it in a shadow box with her name engraved like on a plaque or something. Beautiful. Nice little velvet backing or something. What is that? Velvet? It's beautiful. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. What is that? Velvet? Hoy. I'm King Jaffe Jofa, ruler of Zamunda. Yeah, we'll have a seat. Chair number two be ready in a second. This is beautiful. What is that? Velvet? And then you get the Luke one for your son, right? Yeah. Um, and then the oldest one, you get him the Obi-Wan one or the Anakin one, right? Keep the Skywalker gimmick going. And then you get your wife, the Ray one, the yellow one, because the Ray 
she's the bestest ever. And then you can use that as a selling point uh, to your wife because you're the bestest ever sandwich not, maker in the world. Not, <laughs> you're not a Mary Sue. Uh, don't make me a sandwich. <laughs> Extra cheese. <laughs> nice. Anyway, thank you for making me laugh, Doc. I definitely need it. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you guys know this or not, if you guys do on social media, but Today's a very hard day for me. I found out my former tag team partner from The Solution passed away, uh, Ed Toscano, a.k.a. Havoc. Uh, this guy was my friend. This guy's my brother. Um, and he was very young. And uh, my condolences out to the Toscano family. Um, he was also a big Star Wars fan. And I wanted to bring him onto the podcast uh, eventually to talk about talk shop with us. He would have us rolling in stitches because he was a funny motherfucker. Uh, Ed, I love you, my man. Godspeed, and this show is dedicated to you. So thank you for being in my life, and thank you for uh, all the memories. I love you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Crazy crazy what you told me today. Rest in peace, brother. It's, uh, it's a fucking sad, sad thing, man. Thank you, Doc. Thank you. But let's, let's start off the show like we like to start off with a good note. And uh, we usually start off with a segment called Marky Mark and His Funky Tweets. Yeah. Can you feel it, baby? Now, this is a more of a funky tweet like he normally does because, we, as you may know, at Hamill himself is Mark Hamill, a.k.a. the face that runs the place, a.k.a. Luke mother effing Star, uh, Skywalker, not Starkiller, Skywalker. Close. Yep, what's Starkiller? So, he usually goes on Twitter and hits somebody with a verbal jab, you know, not in a malicious way, but in a funny haha way. You know, and then it trends because the guy is a national treasure. Well, this time around, um, the story that pertains to Twitter involves Mark Hamill. And he had an extraordinary visit with a dying boy. Now, this story in itself is miraculous, to say the least. What happened was uh, there was a family guy, a family member. His name is Joe Sikora. S-I-K-O-R-R-A. He had a son named John. Uh, he was a victim of a fatal disease um, that was deteriorating and de made deteriorating his body slowly but surely. And at one point, he couldn't distinguish fiction from fact, from real life. Um, and as growing up, John, the, the child, uh, loved watching Star Wars. And um, it's called Batten disease, B-A-T-T-E-N. Yep. Uh, it's a progressive fatal genetic disease that affects the nervous systems. I, uh, I believe it's a potassium channel disorder. I didn't even look that up, by the way, so I, I think it is. Okay. When he was just seven years old, the child, uh, children with Batten lose their vision and suffer from seizures and loss of motor and cognitive control before their early deaths. Uh, the oh, I'm sorry, not the the young the Sakura's youngest son Ben. Sorry, the kid's name was Ben, not John. I apologize. Was diagnosed with Batten disease as well. Um, doctors told the Sakura's that a treatment for the Batten might not be possible in the future, but not in the children's lifetime. It was devastating and isolating to hear such tragic news. Um, 
they they made a choice, which is a nice choice to maximize whatever life they had left to make the best out of it and give them pleasure in small little things. Uh, because they, and this is quote, because we opened ourselves up rather than giving into despair and depression, though we definitely went through depressed times, we had some amazing moments throughout our journey. Now, uh, oh wait, no, the kid's name is John. So I guess John and they, Ben. They had two kids that had it. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Okay, so basically what happens is he reached out to someone in Hollywood and asked him if he can get a hold of Mark Hamill. Um, so they reached out and then they said that uh, the agent, which is a friend of John, the father, told him, the agent told him that he'll call Mark, but not to get his hopes up. Yep. And then uh, 90, 90 seconds later, he got a call from Hamill himself, who immediately said yes and gave him his home address. Skywalker met with John, the son, who was suffering from the disease. And they... Um, I believe they met at a park and they sat down and they spoke and they had a good time. And the the the, uh, the sad part about that is the fact that the kid at this point couldn't distinguish, you know, fact from fiction. So, you know, he really thought he was talking to Luke Skywalker. And I don't think he was young at that point. I think he was in his 20s. Um, but the disease, like, kind of just ravaged his neurological system to the point where he just the thought process wasn't there. But he spent that, you know, that afternoon sitting on a park bench talking with uh, Luke, with Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, asking him questions about the Rebellion and Princess Leia and flying and the stars and in true Mark Hamill fashion and in true, you know, the mensch that he is, uh, stayed in character the whole time and answered these kids' questions for hours upon hours upon hours, um, you know, and basically doing that Make-A-Wish thing without Make-A-Wish. Yep, and then he tweets, there's no, and this is at Hamill himself, Please go give him a follow and tell him the NFO sent you. There's no sweeter sound than a child laughing. I've been so lucky. Feel it's my duty to give back in any way I can. Much prefer visits to hospital than talk shows. Heartbreaking but inspirational makes my career seem trivial in comparison. Wish I can do more. So well, not the, the best part about this is that he didn't even start this this tweet. The dad was, you know, it just happened in 2017. The dad yes. wanted to come out and talk about it, um, which Mark, you know, didn't even, you know, say a word about this for the last four years. Um, and it was the dad who actually brought it to light, which I think is even more amazing. The fact that, you know, most of these Hollywood types, you know, all they want is the accolades and the praise and all that shit. And they did, they go out of the way to do something for somebody. They, they want to make it known. Um, but, uh, you know, not Mark Hamill. He, you know, he did this out of the goodness of his own heart. He saw somebody, a fan, you know, who was uh, reaching towards the force and wanted to make this kid's whatever remainder of, of life he had on this world uh, worth living um, and give him something special. And he did. And he looked for no credit and he looked for no publicity, he looked for no nothing associated with this. And this kind of came to light from the dad who was like, you know what, I just want to talk about this now and fuck it because it's, it's worth talking about, which I think is, is even more noble. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And we've been agreeing a lot lately on the uh, last few shows. It's funny how we're on the same wavelength, almost in sync. And uh, not bye, bye, bye in sync, just in sync, you know? Do, I, do though, I get to be Joey Fatone? Sure, if you want to be Joey Fatone. He was in my big fat Greek wedding, so you can play, I'm sure. Oh, oh you should play him then. No, but you're in Brooklyn and you have a beard. And in the sequel, he came out as a, 
as a, as a homosexual. So as you, a, you fit the bill as a fanoik. <laughs> as a fanoik. <laughs> as a fa- as a what'd you say? A fanzanuts. What's a fanzanuts? It's a guy who farts in a tub and likes to bite the bubbles. I can't pretend to like people that I don't like. Listen, I don't know why you're so impressed with these fanzanuts anyway. What's a fanzanuts? A fanzanuts is a guy who farts in the bathtub and bites the bubbles. Caddyshack 2 reference. Very nice line. As far as I got to say is, you know, the fact that this comes to pass and comes into the limelight, it's a feel-good story. They make light of a bad situation. And again, he didn't bring it to the limelight himself. It was the father who brought it three years later onto Twitter. And this is just one of the many things that he has done to make the world a better place. And I just want to say kudos to him um, because we need it. Uh, The world needs it now more than ever. Not to get all doom and gloom, but it is. And in my opinion, Doc, not to be funny here, but besides dealing with Ryan Johnson and Kathleen Kennedy and the Disney people for a sequel trilogy, I would say along with that, hard task and this and the countless other uh selfless acts he's done we should qualify him for sainthood sainthood yeah yeah sure the uh just the fact that he dealt with disney and kathleen and ryan and jj for the sequel trilogy qualifies him alone this is just added on top of it I'm not trying to be funny either, but uh, the parents could have saved themselves like a hundred thousand dollars by hiring fluke skywalker out there for this too so <laughs> Shout out to Fluke Skywalker, man. Awesome guy. Him and I talk here and there. But you know, I had a great idea when I read this story. I said, we should send them a picture of our old producer, Big Ray. And when they see him, maybe we can get Mark to come on the show and do like a make a wish. <laughs> do a make a wish. Wow, look at that. Holy shit. He's got fatten syndrome. <laughs> look at the size of that head. How old is he? Uh, come on. Dude, you didn't, pop with a, you didn't pop with fatten syndrome? Yeah. Fatten syndrome? The kid, had, the kid had batten syndrome, so I said Ray had fatten syndrome. Oh. <laughs> Dude, that went right over oh. your fucking head. Sorry, I told you I'm going to be off tonight. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, we can tell him his favorite movie was Rogue One. <laughs> and then when he starts asking questions, he's like, I'm oh, sorry, man, I didn't see it. <laughs> Just kidding, Ray. Don't cry in your safe space. He's, he's, not, he's not listening. Uh, he's not. Who listens? We have six fans. No one listens. Anyway, um, again, Mark Hamill, Hamill himself, give him a follow. But more, 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 more funnier news. You know who Seth Rogen is? Oh, I do know who Seth Rogen is, of course. He's a actor, producer, writer. He's been in Pineapple Express. He's knocked up. He's been in Super Bad. He's a pretty hilarious guy. <laughs> kind of laughs like that. Yeah, he does. Um, I, you hit every nail on the head. I did. The guy's a, a Hollywood elite. Um, he once met with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. And Steven Spielberg, they had like a meeting or something, some kind of luncheon. Oh, and then he, Steven Spielberg gets up to walk away and he's talking to George Lucas. And uh, the, 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 <laughs> the article says, Seth Rogen said George Lucas once told him he couldn't board his hypothetical spaceship if the world ended. Yeah. Now, this, so- is, this, is, this is around 2012. So, so uh, I, I read extensively into this and listened to, uh, I to, Rogan, to, to Rogan and Howard Stern uh, the last couple of days. So, so Rogan's talking about this. He's meeting with them. And uh, Lucas is hanging out there. And, and, and George apparently was very obsessed with 
the fact that the world was going to end in 2012. So this happened in 2011. So he's talking to George about this, and George is, um, you know, saying, "Listen, I'm a science. I know science, and this is what's going to happen. And either either the world's going to end, or anything west of the San Andreas Fault is going to fall into the ocean." And he was like dead fucking serious about this, Lucas. And you know, Rogan's Rogan. He's, he's high like fucking 95 percent of the day, and he he says, "Well, Georgia, you know, um, if the world's going to end, uh, can I board your spaceship?" And Lucas looked at him deadpan and, was, and said, no. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which means like three things. One, Lucas had a spaceship that he was ready to go out and had a space with if the world's about to fucking end. That's number one. Because if you tell me, hey, hey, Doc, at the world ends, can I get your spaceship? Of course, Papa Don, you can jump on my spaceship, no problem. I don't have a spaceship. We're all going to jump on the spaceship. Me, you, fucking Mickey Mouse, it doesn't matter. Oh, boy. Two, he really didn't like fucking Seth Rogen because he told him flat out no. And three, he probably doesn't like weed because Seth Rogen's probably going to bring a lot of fucking weed with him different soon. But I thought that was hilarious. And I just made the graphic for the show before the show started, uh, which will be a, a, a an homage to this, which is going to be pre pretty nice. hilarious. Tremendous. I can't wait to see it. I need it. I need to pick up. Uh, yeah, man, this is a funny story. And, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, uh, in my opinion, not to go down the white rabbit hole here, the Mayans were not wrong. They didn't say the world was going to end. It got in misinterpreted. It said the world that we know it will cease to exist. And as of 2012, things have changed. That's when the PC, um, the, uh, the Mandela effect, CERN? CERN and the Mandela effect started and the whole PC snowflake culture started and all the body started getting super offensive and offended and all this stuff. So there was a shift in the paradigm, whether it's us getting shifted into a parallel universe because of the large hedron, hedron collider doing the God particle smashing or the, and trying to create dark matter. Who knows? But I digress. Wait, wait, I, I, want to tell you, I want to tell you a funny 2012 story. Okay. Please you'll appreciate, you'll appreciate this one. I, so I was married to 2020 to, to my now ex-wife, right? 2012. You mean, Sorry, yes, 2020. Well, 2020 would have been that kind of year too. Um, and uh, she she was like buying into this whole 2012, the world's going to end kind of bullshit, right? Like hard. And I'm like, whatever, don't be fucking ridiculous. So she tells me one day, she's like, hey, I'm really worried about this. Do you think that you could potentially like bring home like a medicine that if the world is really ending, that'll if we take it, it'll 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 kill us like peacefully, so we don't have to, you know, fall into a, a fucking crater or get like lava or whatever it is. And I looked at her right straight face, laughing on the inside, and I said, "Yeah, sure, but I need you to test it before we do it." <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at me like with like this weird like this unknowing face on like. What? Such a, such a fucking dope. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of family members, Papa DeHaan, before right. we move on, before we move on, okay? I'm going back to my, uh, you know, to, my, to, to the whole fam right here. So I had are, you, are you, you telling me the story about your son? Yes. Yes. So you, so you know the story, which is, which is great, because I had to share it with you immediately. So my son, Colin, he's 17. He was dating this chick, Mia, for a while. Lovely girl. Her dad has hands about the size of lunchboxes. And I told my son, if you get this girl pregnant, you're on your own, motherfucker. Because I'm fighting that dude. <laughs> Good luck. You don't rip you half. Um, and uh, you know they were off and on for a while. The mother didn't want him with my son because she's young, whatever, blah blah blah. So they had it like you know, 
done the nasty and uh, oh, 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 oh don't 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 incriminate him dude okay uh so this how, how you want me to tell the story if i can't incriminate him change the names okay protect the innocent yes so so this girl named uh shaniqua shaniqua bob <laughs> uh <laughs> is uh hey matt you gotta take that first name out is um is over his house on may 4th and they had it you know bumped uglies in over a year but they but they weren't really together so may 4th star wars day obviously my son's it's the middle of the day because he's he's home from school because he had a test he, revenge of the sith is on and he tells me and i quote okay hold on let me tell you um may 4th had her over and had sex with star wars in the back revenge of the sith gangster and i said revenge of the dick <laughs> geez, so, geez. He, he thought it was the most gangster thing that he that he banged his his girlfriend to uh, on May Fourth to Revenge of the Sith, and I must say, I have not done that. So, as a uh, a Star Wars fan, aficionado, and someone who is uh, one third of a Star Wars podcast, he's got one up on me, kid. Congratulations to you, my friend. And he was so excited. He told his other Star Wars friends, uh, you know, all via their you know group chat, who were also very excited for him. I would have hit him with a "Don't get cocky, kid." Yeah, oh, dude. Oh, that would be fantastic. And then, uh, you know what else, though? It's funny because I could picture him talking to her and going, "Let's shag." Oh, I don't know if you're not with me, you are my enemy. <laughs> my allegiance is. is <laughs> he pokes his head up from between her legs. Hello there, <laughs> General Clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many things I could have said. I lost it. Uh, the first thing I did was like, I got a screenshot set to pop it out of Spiro. <laughs> I popped huge. Oh, oh God. You know what? You sent me a screenshot, but you know what Disney sent over to the Emmys? Ooh, they sent over a, for your consideration Gina Carano for Best Supporting Actress in The Mandalorian. Now, a lot of people are running with this story. And they're trying. They're reaching. They're trying to make chicken salad out of uh, no soup salad out of chicken shit. Sorry, Spirit. I didn't mean to botch your line. <laughs> botched. Um, but people are saying that Gina's coming back. Why? You know, now that she's getting that show back with the whatever that thing was called, Greaves Reels, whatever it was called. Um, what was that show called that she did that they would try to cancel? Oh, uh, yeah, Bear Giles. Into Bear the Giles, world. right? Like and now that was trending, uh, hashtag Gina Bear Giles or whatever. And then this, and now the toys are coming back. Everybody who's a YouTuber in the Star Wars universe is saying that she's coming back. And that's it. Filoni and Favreau. Filoni and Favreau are running Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy's out. That's why they're doubling down on the legend stuff. And the High Republic isn't selling and this, that, and the other. And there's some, there's some credence to the story because when there's smoke there's fire i don't know how truthful it is because it's for your consideration now why wouldn't they consider it what's better than one emmy nomination for a show doc uh many emmy nominations exactly so who knows but hopefully uh, they like it and uh the the uh the board or whatever they're called gives her a nod and you know she gets uh nominated the committee, you know, I believe it is, is the committee. Committee, right? board, booking agents, whatever they're fucking called. doesn't matter. Um, but speaking of the, the Mandalorian, there's a person on the Mandalorian that I like. Uh, her name's Katie Sackoff. Oh, Katie Sackoff. 
And uh, when she got, and this is an old story, but it came into light again, and I don't know why, but I don't mind deep diving in it balls deep. Um, to Katie hey, Sackhoff or the story? Which one? Both. Okay. Um, she panicked when she arrived on set to play Bo-Katan. Now, she's the voice of the character for many, many years on The yep. Clone Wars and on Rebels, right? Now, this is what she says. Because I played the character for so long, it was actually, it was actually in the beginning a little bit of a disservice because I thought I was more prepared than I was. I knew the character. I memorized my dialogue. I was ready. And then I got to the set and I was like, oh, shoot. I never walked as her. I never moved as her. How does Boca I want to walk like you, talk like you. How does Bo-Katan sit? I don't know anything. How does Bo-Katan like, pee? <laughs> oh my God, I was panicked. Thankfully, Bryce was directing that episode. Really, might I add, Jesus, her episode was amazing. So, she got worried and panicked because she thought she had it under control, but then realized that she had to go full retard in order to get the, the role down, Doc. Uh, you know what happens. Uh... No, Doc, please, pu please put that movie line in so we don't get chastised and sued and all that other stuff. You're serious? You don't know. <laughs> Everybody knows you never go full retard. What do you mean? Check it out. Dustin Hoffman, Rain Man, look retarded, act retarded, not retarded. Count two picks, cheated cards, autistic, show. Not retarded. You got Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Slow, yes, retarded, maybe. Braces on his legs, but he charmed the pants off next to him and he won a ping pong competition. That ain't retarded. And he was a goddamn war hero. Right. You know any retarded war heroes? You went full retard, man. Never go full retard. You don't buy that? Ask Sean Penn, 2001, I am saying. Remember? Went full retard. Went home empty handed. But she had to go full force. And I don't mind going full force on her. Be the best 30 seconds of our life. But regardless of all that, Doc, what's your take on the matter? Well, I, my take on the matter is I think Katie Sackhoff is not hot. And the only reason you want to bang her is because you want to be the king of Mandalore. But that's beside the <laughs> You really don't think she's hot? I think she's hot. I don't think she is at all. Ooh, she doesn't do it for me. There's so many other hotter tricks on that show that, uh, that really do it for me. But um, sh listen. Again, why the story popped up, I'm not so sure. She's a method actress, I guess. She freaked out, panicked, but if she doesn't know how Bo-Katan walks, she should watch the fucking Clone Wars because they fucking animate her how she walks and sits over there. So, I mean, it's pretty easy. Follow her own shit. You know what you're doing, buddy. Uh, dude, I, I totally set you up for that. How does she sit? I was waiting for you to say, on my, my face. <laughs> my, my, my bed. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, look, more news, Gina Carano news, which is tied into Mandalore. We, we kind of touched base on it two seconds ago, but I'm going to get a little bit more into it. Um, the rumors about her blowing a comeback. And no, my oh. name is not coming back. Oh. Doc's oh. name is not coming back. That's wrestling terminology for coming back. You blow a comeback, right? In the match, the good, the good guy wrestler is a baby face. And when he starts. Yeah, speaking of Owen, now. Uh, he starts blowing a comeback means he starts coming back on the bad guy, the heel in the match. It's called blowing a comeback. Anyway, so uh, now the rumors come from this guy, Overlord DVD. Now, he's not very credible. He is entertaining to watch. And sometimes when he does post stuff, it's wishful thinking. And hopefully some of it does come true. 
because sometimes I'm on that side of the fence. And he says, according to two Hollywood agents, Disney's in talk with Carano about a return as Cara Dune in Star Wars franchise. Now, um, she says that, uh, hold on a second. What's going on here? This freaking, I don't know. So basically what we were talking about before that the rumors are being speculated left and right is because, um, Harbear Giles episodes coming back on Nat Geo, or it's going to be aired. The fact that she got, yes, which is a Disney property. The facts that the toys are coming back into into circulation yep. at the stores, yep. um, and the fact that now she's being nominated by Disney itself after being shunned in in marketing and advertising art, but now she's being you know incorporated into Emmy nominations. That this may be something viable. I don't know. We, Doc. Uh. I mean. I think people are reading into things a little bit much. You know, the uh, the vintage toys that they were making probably were way past the, the the production point, where instead of just you know burning seven million toys, however however many it was, um, they were like, "Fuck it, just just push them out." The Bear Giles thing, I don't know. Maybe you know he has more pull in his show than uh, than, than we think, and he says, "No, I want the episode to air because I did it." Um, but um. If Gina comes back, I, I don't think it's going to be soon. I think it's going to be later, just because this whole thing is really still fresh. Um, especially, you know, the COVID stuff that she was talking about and the transgender stuff she was talking about. These are all hot button topics that are still happening now. So I, I can't imagine it's going to be a uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's only been like a you know, three month hiatus, and she's back from now. I think it, if she does come back, it'll be much much later from now. Well, more rumors around the the, the uh, water cooler, if that's even a thing anymore. Um, they haven't started pre-production for Mandalorian yet, and it was supposed to start in April, beginning of April. It got pushed back. Mm. So remember, I told you it's going to get canceled. That man that was going to get canceled. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well. Let's let, let, let's think about it this way. So if they cancel the Mando show now, right? You know the the Grogu arc is over. They still have the whole plot line with speaking Mo- of over, speaking of over, of what well, Moff Gideon with the uh, the, the dark saber shit happening. So could they say, oh, we're gonna do a a Mandalore show show that will incorporate that? But then it's just like doing fucking Mandalorian anyway. So what's the difference? But I can't see. I can't see them doing this and and not going forward with the show. Just not I'm not saying. Look, I just had a gut feeling that it might go down. Um, I'm not saying that I know anything. It's just uh, I could be wrong. I'm usually right, but I could be wrong. It's not be the. It won't be the first time. Ask my wife; she'll tell you. <laughs> but um, speaking of Disney shows, Andor, uh, your buddy, uh, K2SO's uh, tag team partner. Uh, set photos bring back Imperial Enemy from Rogue One. Yeah, I was like, I was all, all excited to be like, oh shit, Austin, Austin Credit's coming back. But no, they just showed wah, 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 wah. the Scarab, the Scarab Short Trooper. You know, they <laughs> reused the, the armor for the Scarab Short Trooper. Great, it was a cool design. I guess you know they had it lying around and it made sense in that time period, in that era, in that area. So 
Welcome back. Uh, okay. Yeah, you sound a little disappointed there, Doc. Ever. I, I was ex- I was pumped for Orson for Orson Krennic, but it was like the crying games all over for you, huh? Yeah, exactly. Open it up. Oh shit! <laughs> well, while I'm here, well, look again. Is it too far fetched to think that they would have a, a what's it called a short trooper? What's it called? Uh, yeah, the Scarif Shore Trooper. On the show? No. It's around the same time as Rogue One, maybe a few years before. Everything we see in Rogue One and everything that we've seen in the cartoons is going to come to play. Ha! Dude, I now remember something from yesterday's show. Yeah. Yesterday, we, ladies and gentlemen, we did the first annual... Uh, first annual means we do once once a year. Okay. The first episode of 99 Problems, but a batch is not one. Or a batch ain't one. Let me be grammatically incorrect. That's the review show for The Bad Batch. So we had a kerfuffle, a little bit of uh, CTE last night, because we couldn't remember the name of the troopers from The Mandalorian, Dark Troopers. The Dark Troopers. There you go. I said Space Troopers. You said uh, Angel Troopers. I said Pooper Troopers. Pooper Troopers, exactly. Same thing. So. There you go. It just hit me now, Doc. There you go. Like, so, a, steel, like a steel chair. There we go. Um, uh, you know, the Bad Batch, they are basically... And and by the way, Deepa Baliba. Deepa Baloba. Ginkgo Baloba. No, Deepa Baloba. That is Caleb Doom's Jedi Master. The Indian chick who died. And we just botched the name. 100%. Hardcore last night. Big time. Sound like we were having a stroke. Um, anyway, uh, Star Wars Bad Batch Omega repeats Ahsoka's original Clone Wars mystery. Do you know what that mystery is, Doc? Do you need to get Scooby Doo and the mystery team uh, down here? I was the mystery of the fact that where did these characters go uh during the the actual trilogy where did you go now where did you go where did you go fantastic song um they the the way these articles make it seem it's like okay the ahsoka thing i could see a thousand percent she was integral in the clone war story where was she during uh you know after the uh the the order 66 i get that one but now there are people worried about where Omega was after. Who gives a fuck with it? No one even asked where the Bad Batch was. I mean, it's like, uh, let the story tell itself. Let the story play out. Let the story happen. And between you and I, it's a big fucking universe. Maybe they were in space Maui, chilling out for the fucking whole time that the shit was happening. And then they came back and rolled up in after that. Everybody's got to like have a pinpoint accuracy about where the fuck everybody is. Killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Exactly, exactly. Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, no, you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're killing me, Smalls. You're not wrong. A little something I heard today. I was listening to a podcast called Fat Man Beyond, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin, right? Mark Bernardin said he had a theory. He thinks that Omega is a clone of Tarkin. Ooh. As opposed to her being a clone of uh, Django. Django. Why does he think? I'm just, I'm I don't know. 
He didn't go deep dive into it, but he says he thinks she's a clone of the Tarkin. So, who knows? That's kind of a stretch, I think. I don't know. Would be interesting to say the least. I mean, and the other theory that we all say is that she's force sensitive, which may be the case. Yeah. So, well, guess what? We're going to find out. Oh, we will find out. And uh, what else we're going to find out is there was an article that dropped on Gizmodo, the Bad Batch cast uh, and crew on Omega's big reveal. Uh, and one of the most intriguing gender non-binary no, no, not that reveal sorry no that's 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 uh those two guys um one of the most intriguing figures in star wars the bad batch premiere wasn't just that surprising cameo in fact arguably one of the most interesting additions to star wars prequel canon in years comes in the form from a squad's newest ally omega uh and bad batch crew sees an addition sees the addition as one of the show's greatest challenges uh, ever since Omega was glimpsed in the show's trailers, fans have speculated who uh, they could be. Many were right that Omega is indeed a clone from the same Django Fett template than the rest of them, including the Bad Batch, were deployed from. But what the premiere reveals that is that Omega, despite being brought up to believe otherwise, is part of the Bad Batch, like our uh, titular heroes. Is just, it's just she's she's a she. Voided, vo I'm sorry, voiced in the show by Michelle Ang, Omega quickly becomes a driving force. Decision to introduce the female Django clone wasn't really at the forefront. Produce wasn't really at the forefront of producers Jennifer Corbett and Brad Rose minds. However, for the duo, it was what Omega represented to the batch early on in development. This is quoted from from the uh, people who made the Bad Batch. Early on in the development, we kept asking ourselves, how can we challenge the Bad Batch? Because there are these efficient, skilled elite troopers. And what would really give them trouble along the way? It uh, seemed if we added... A <laughs> Isn't that always the case? Uh, it seemed that if we added a child into the mix, it would be sort of fish-out-of-water experience because it's something they are completely unfamiliar with and don't know how to deal with, Colbert told io9 on a recent Woman. video poll. That's not to say Omega's status as a clone and specifically like Crosshair, Hunter, Wrecker, and Tech, a defect of the FET template, isn't an important part of her story. The Bad Batch wants to explore not just the titular squad's relationship to the Empire, but the relationship to the standard clones that are now its foot soldiers as well. And Omega will play an important part in that parallel. And quote, in terms of her being a clone, it's really just expanding on the Batch. In the eyes of the regs, which means regular clones, they just really seen as these defects, the defective clones in the oddball squad who aren't really welcome because a lot of people don't know, don't really know about it, Corbert said. So when they find out there's another one of them out there and it's a child who's also considered defective and knows what it's like to be different and not fit in, especially on Camino, it felt like a bonding kind of moment. Uh, the article goes on to state, it was also fun to show her as this fan of the Batch because she looked up to them, both figuratively and literally, and heard of them, uh, and they are like her, she added. It was an interesting dynamic that we got to explore, a welcome dynamic too, for the Bad Batch star. Uh, returning Clone Wars and Rebels veteran D. Bradley Baker voices Captain Rex, 
and the rest of the clone, a grand army of the Republic, and now approximately 90% of the Bad Patch's primary cast. Well, it's nice to have another member of the ensemble, Baker Jordan. It's uh, joked. It's also really smart and interesting idea to add an element of Omega into the story. So it's just not action and war, but also experience grown up with his own child and interesting capacities as we start to indicate. So as with Star Wars, as always, it's not just these frozen characters, but the dynamic that is playing out. The personal human stories being playing out under the canopy of the greater political military forces that everyone has to contend with, which are quite profound and dramatic and dire often. It's nice that it adds counterbalancing human element to it of a personal relationship to have this little character Omega and this A-team of a very different, very independent, improvisational kind of it is his own warrior kind of team. We have to deal with this sweet, innocent, powerful, capable, smart child, Baker concluded. It is an interesting story choice that I think plays out really beautifully in The Bad Batch. So, Doc, all that being said, what do you think? Um, Don't tell me you one word answer, you prick. Yes. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> So we, I, I, I didn't assume that they were going to go in this kind of direction with Omega. It's kind of an odd direction to go with your first season. And it almost kind of feels like they're just rehashing the Mandalorian. Like, you know, you got, you got this, 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 this basically fine tuned war machine. And now you dump on this baby onto them. Now that they have to be responsible for it and manage it and ensure that it doesn't get killed. So it does kind of echo to that a little bit, which I'm surprised they actually decided to do that. Um, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm giving the story a chance to play out and so far so good with it. But uh, it definitely has kind of echoes to me of, you know, Grogu and the Mandalorian. And I, I am kind of questioning their choice to actually do that unless, you know, there's a big swerve somewhere along the line like... She's actually not a clone of Django. She's a clone of somebody else, like you said previously. Maybe she's a clone of Luke Skywalker's hand. Who knows? That'd be interesting. Uh, and maybe she's force sensitive there. Um, the Caminos can clone anything, right? So maybe it's that sheep from the '90s. Can't be Luke Skywalker's hand because this is before the, the OT trilogy. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, you're right. My bad. That's maybe kind of stu Anakin, stupid of me. Anakin's hand. It's kind of stupid to me. Yeah, oh, Anakin did lose an arm, right? It's Anakin's arm. Um, who, knows? who knows? But uh, speaking of over, the um, I'm intrigued to see where they're going to go with it. I was hoping and, she would stay with the family of Cut and Sew in episode two. No, I knew that wasn't going to happen. I know too, but I was hoping yet yeah, that it would happen because everyone knew it wasn't going to happen. And then maybe she comes down like in episode 10 or whatever, comes back. You know what I mean? But anyway. Yeah, this is going to be a, a long-term thing for the Bad Batch to kind of deal with this problem. You know, she's going to have Uncle Wrecker, who she gave a little doll back to, and all that shit, and blah, 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 blah. If you really want to hear a big breakdown of our of our episodes, uh, 99 Problems But a Batch Ain't One should be dropping within the next couple of days. You can take a listen to episode one and two simultaneously on that on whatever platform you listen to, pod, to podcasts. There was an article, Star Wars Proves Just How Strange Revenge of the Sith Timeline Is. Do you want to deep dive into this or not? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. The um, you know, they talked about 
the, what we know about the Revenge of the Sith timeline from the movie versus how it played out in that last season of Clone Wars versus how it played out in the first episode of The Bad Batch, how things as they were evolving don't seem to be have the length in between them that the movies do and how things maybe won't make sense. Like at one point they mentioned how Obi-Wan beats Grievous um, on Utapu and... Utapau. Utapau. And it's uh, very quickly thereafter, they talk about, you know, they, they the order is, is for, for Order 66 executed. But meanwhile, there was at least hours to days in between the, you know, that uh, Obi-Wan killing um, Grievous to when they execute Order 66. And again, it's people sitting there and really like, you know, raking the fucking cannon and raking the timeline over the coals and beating it to death and really analyzing it deeply. I, and I I get it. I, I understand that there's a need for people who are purists like that to do that and to really want to ensure that the continuity is there. But sometimes you just got to fucking go with the story, man, and just watch it and enjoy it and like it and not get mad that some fucking throwaway in line in some defunct, uh, you know, iPhone seven fucking game that, that for iOS that was out contradicts what they what they're doing right now. It's it's like, dude, just fucking get a fucking life. Move out of your parents' basement. <laughs> Mom, the meatloaf. Yeah. Is this your place? No, 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 no. I live with my mom. Oh, yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma, can we get some meatloaf? Chaz, I think I'm okay. I, I had a bite right before I came over. Thank you. You sure? You know what? I will have some meatloaf. Let's have some meatloaf. You want some? <laughs> I need to Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! What is she doing? How Star Wars keeps breaking its own canon. And why? And this is part of what I was talking about. Yeah, I know. That's why I was segueing into it. Thank you, guys. When Disney purchased Lucasfilm in 2012, they promised everything would count in the new canon. But now, contradictions are building up. Dun, dun, dun. Shocking. The Star Wars franchise keeps breaking its own canon. And here is why. Sooner or later... It's breaking canon, Fabe. Yeah, it's breaking canon, Fabe. Pop. And here's why. Sooner or later, every transmedia franchise must wrestle with the question, what is canon? Not Revan. That's for sure. <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. Lucasfilm traditionally took what can be called tiered approach to canon with anything created by George Lucas himself in the top tier as absolute canon. The so-called Bubba. The so-called expanded universe was considered canon right up to the moment. Any piece of content was contradicted by Lucas himself. But that meant Lucas. The, the maker knew. Thank the maker. That meant Lucas could take what he wanted, modify it as he saw fit, and contradict anything else without being constrained by other writers. So it means, hey, you want to use my characters? Pay me. And then, hey, fuck you, pay me. Okay. And then guess what? After you're done telling your story, it don't count. Fuck you, pay me. Yeah, you ain't got your money? Fuck you, pay me. Hey, you got your money for your commercial, Murray, huh? Got your money for your commercial. You got money for your wigs. You got no money to pay me? Okay, I'll pay it. I'll pay it. Put that in there from Goodfellas. Let's see if you find that line. 
Maury, please. You know, Jimmy, you borrowed his money. Pay him. I didn't agree to three points above the vig. What am I fucking nuts? What are you going to do? Come on. You're going to fight with Jimmy Conway? He wants his money. Give him his money and let us just get the fuck out of here. Hey, fuck him. Fuck him in the ear. What are you talking about? Fuck him in the other ear, that son of a bitch. Did I ever bust his balls? Did I? Did I? I could have dropped the dime a million times. Come on. I wouldn't have to pay. Call the cops. You're talking crazy. Stop it now, will you? You got money for that fucking commercial of yours. Fucking commercial. You don't got my money? You don't got my fucking money? Jimmy, he's going to. So, uh, the so-called expanded universe was considered canon right up to the moment where when any piece of content was contradicted by Lucas. That's meant Lucas could take what he wanted, modify it as he saw fit, and contradict anything else without being constrained by other writers. Fuck your couch, Charlie Murphy. Few of the EU's creators minded because they were aware they were playing in someone else's sandbox. That sounds so dirty. And he could trample over their castles at any moment. <laughs> All this changed when Disney acquired Lucasfilm back in 2012 they erased the canon status of the eu branding it legends and from that point on they promised a new approach to canon in the disney era everything would count equally whether the story was told in the big screen or the small in a comic or in a novel continue uh continuity, con continuity thank you was overseen by the lucasfilm story group and at first this seemed to be reaping dividends with some of the most impressive transmedia initiatives to date. The highlight was back in 2016 when they released Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Um, and it was accompanied by an excellent range of tie-in novels and support, superb novelization by Alexander Freed. That must have been Catalyst that came out. I never read it. Got it. I haven't read it yet. Fast forward to 2021. Though the promise of one canon appears to have been broken, contradictions are being to, beginning to build up between various Star Wars media, sometimes dramatic ones, and it's becoming clear Lucasfilm is a lot less invested in the canon and continuity than the fans themselves. What's going on? Uh, yeah, what's the deal with canon? Uh, uh, there were... I felt... Yeah. There was always going to be a minor contradictions in continuity, simply because as good as the Lucasfilm story group may be, yeah, right, they're only human. Wink, wink. Yeah, right? Uh, hey, fuck Pablo Hidalgo. This is particularly the case where the reference books are concerned, such as the popular visual dictionaries that accompany the release of every movie. As the plans change, the details behind some of the things discussed in the visual dictionaries Naturally, naturally change as well. These kinds of low-level contradictions are both expected and un understandable, and nobody really considers it a problem. If, say, a throwaway line in Star Wars The Force Awakens Visual Dictionary published back in 2015 is ignored in the latest movie. But of late, we have begun to see contradictions in a far greater scale. The first group Continuity problems really center upon the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, which, while attempting to bring the sequel trilogy to a satisfying conclusion, also served to rewrite the history of the Sith. Disney has been trying to 
fix Rise of Skywalker's continuity through Star Wars comics with Greg Pak's current Darth Vader run. With Pak telling a, a tale set shortly after Empire Strikes Back in which Darth Vader discovers the existence of the Sith, uh, Sith Redoubt of Exegol. Unfortunately, the very concept causes major problems because as Darth Vader knew all about Exegol, then Anakin's Force Ghost would surely have mentioned the Sith Eternal to his son, Luke. Meanwhile, the finer details contradict tie-ins, novelizations, fact books, sometimes explicitly. The Sith cultists on Exegol have become more confusing than ever because the novelization and the comics seem to interpret them in different ways. The second constellation of continuity problems that can be found in Lucasfilm's popular TV shows, which draw upon ideas established in other mediums, but then interpret them in a widely different way. The Siege of Mandalore, as described in E.K. Johnson's no novel Ahsoka, is marked different from the Star Wars Clone Wars Season 7, while the history of Cobb Vanth, Tatooine Marshall, who wore Mandalorian armor and changed between Chuck Wending's Aftermath trilogy and the Mandalorian Season 2, most recent Star Wars, The Bad Batch, included a powerful scene showing the Jedi Powan, Caleb Dune, who later becomes Kanan Jarrus, survived Order 66. Although the broad pictures are similar to the account already shown in the comic book, the details were very different. Lucas, everything is canon approach was appealing, was an appealing one. And in truth, it was probably the only way to win over the fans who were irated at the old EU being summarily dismissed the studio was offering some something new seemed infinitely better unfortunately the simple truth is that it's always going to be unsuitable in the long run the idea of everything counts to some extent works when you only have a handful of times to factor in but years later we already have hundreds of comic books mobile games some long discontinued and more it's already likely impossible for lucas story group to navigate all this and the problem is with only build as a Star Wars franchise expanded into the unknown regions of the High Republic era some 200 years before the novels, uh, before the events of uh, Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Meanwhile, creative ideas would increasingly become restricted, sometimes by minor details that nobody other than the hardcore fans would even remember. And an exhaustive canon would become a creative straitjacket. The problems are coming to a head now for one simple reason. Plans change. Card subject change. Lucasfilm course correct on the sequel trilogy in innumerable times, often unwisely causing inherent contradictions. They were exaggerated by the, Sky, the Rise of Skywalker, which included ancient Sith cultists, a resurrected Palpatine, a bevy of new force ideas, and an entire fleet of super weapons, all of which needed to be woven into lore. None of these ideas were particularly well developed, meaning Lucasfilm, has since been scrambling to weave them into the overarching narrative of Star Wars saga. Meanwhile, Disney's decision to sign off on Star Wars Clone Wars Season 7 meant Lucasfilm Animation suddenly had an unexpected opportunity to tell stories they had believed they'd never get to, 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 to tell in the medium. And in fact, were they'd already tried to fill in the gaps with books and comics. Naturally, when Dave Filoni and his team returned to the Siege of Mandalore years later, they developed a storyline... Uh, they developed as storytellers and wanted to tell the best story they possibly could now. Not only they'd intend to and E.K. Johnson's reveal in the Ashoka novel. Furthermore, Star Wars... Is this fucking thing still going? Furthermore, right. Star Wars has become forever. Put that in there. Furthermore, Star Wars has become one of the main stars on Disney+. And there are no 
less than 11 Star Wars shows set to release in the next few years. Given this rate of expansion, the creative straitjacket that can and can become can become what have been painfully restrictive Lucasfilm primary concern any given moment, quite rightly, is to tell the best money. story. Of course, got all. And that's basically it. It keeps going more. I don't feel like reading this goddamn article anymore. It was a good article, though. Yeah, it was. And it really, you know, deep dive into how nuanced everything is right this second and how it's impossible to kind of keep track of every single little thing that's happening in every corner of the universe. No, no, that's impossible. That's impossible. Um, and it, it's true. I mean, y- you know, it's there's there's not one person sitting there like you know Pablo Hidalgo I guess would be the you know the person to be the keeper of the lore and, and to ensure that no one's stepping on anybody's toes or contradicting anybody but it's impo- it's absolutely impossible to know every single little stitch of every single little thing because it's just not going to happen it's just too vast and too and too you know out there um oddly enough like i think the, the one of the better companies that have actually done this has been marvel because there's not a lot of contradicting stories that happen out there um and i, and I it's probably because the vast majority of shit that happens is within one medium when you have a, a product like star wars where you're all over the place and you're fucking everywhere comics and video games and books and golden books and tie-ins and fucking fruit roll-ups and cereal boxes <laughs> it's it's impossible to keep it all together i mean you, you know that story is being told on, on on a grand massive level every single where and and you really don't want to like they said in the article was it made a good point you know you, you don't want to handcuff a, a writer for a good story for some stupid shit that happened eight years ago in some offshoot nonsense that someone had mentioned because some nerd in his basement is going to remember that 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 happened so you kind of got to let it go, I think. And when they have the opportunity to, to tell good stories, like the Siege of Mandalore in the Season 7, that may contradict stuff they had mentioned before or put out before, I think it's a smart thing to do. You aren't wrong. I think the only issue is they need to stick to one source of medium. Uh, media, I mean... They need to stop with all this books. And, the, and not, they're never going to do that. People, there's, there's crazy people out there who love to just keep look, reading, I, and reading, and I, reading, look, and reading, I'm and reading. Look, I, I understand that. What I'm saying is this: How do you make a movie or a TV show? Right? You, how do you, I you make have, a movie, TV show? I a bunch of hot chicks together, and then I tell them that I'm the two producer, girls, one cop. I get it. And then I get this couch, this black couch with a desk next to it, and then I uh, put a camera on. I said, "Listen, you have to." Ensure that uh, I'm going to be camera ready, and then I stand up and oh, is, I think this is a different, uh, different movie I'm making here. Hold on, you're incriminating yourself. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so production happens, a script comes into play, then they do storyboards. Guess what? Comic books are storyboards. So everything that Marvel has produced right now, they can fucking spit out animation, claymation, fucking movies, everything. You know what I'm saying? And uh, present it visually. And I think it would be very uh, digestible. It'd be registered by the fans. And it could be thrown on the Disney, Disney Plus. And that's what you need. And it's same thing with the books. And if you want to write a book, like they put out the movie, then they put out the, the novelization. Okay, you want to satisfy the people from the, from the books? Then 
everything from a book should come from any visual media first. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Visual media should be the primary aspect of Star Wars, whether it's TV shows, shorts, um, animated specials, animated shows, animated movies, something. Yeah. Anything. I agree with you. You know, you. but but the issue is that you know these guys like to take their liberties and try to get over on you know the story and try to expand. Speaking things. of over, they can go over and and do what they want to do off of that, which I understand and I appreciate. And no, they also may be getting direction from Lucasfilm. Oh, hey, you know, more than a clone, less than a man, and then suddenly that's in the book, but it's not in the fucking it's it's not in the movie because they decided to put it on the cutting room floor. That's not necessarily the writer's fault. That's the editor's fault who decided to, you know, take that out and go from there and not tell anybody. But when the once the books are printed, ain't nobody going back to fix that. So I agree. It's too many mm-hmm. fucking pieces happening, you know, too many pieces happening. This is, you know, say the same reason why a hospital loses money, because you got 7000 employees and one of them is, you know, stealing the fucking toilet paper in the middle of pandemic and somebody's. You know, not replacing this and taking it home and taking the glove. And nobody knows it's happening because you can't keep your eyes on all these places at one time. This is the fucking issue. Very good point. Um, very good analogy and example. Uh, you're right. Sometimes your your success becomes your ultimate undoing. Um, but something else popped up. A picture. Of a guy that you know. Guy that I know, yeah, and that everybody fun. knows, Steven Spielberg dressed as Darth Vader. Did you see this picture? I did. I thought it was pretty hilarious. It was a uh, looked like um, Spielberg, almost like Photoshop initially when I saw it. And I was walking when I was looking at it, and I was I had to stop and really take a look to make sure it was legit photo. And it looked like it was a legit photo from probably the early '90s, maybe somewhere around there, maybe late '80s of Spielberg in what seems to be a very legit Darth Vader costume. Yep. Um, movie accurate, probably from the movie. Uh, if I have to guess, because he's best friends with George, so I could say, Hey, hey, George, can I just try on the outfit one time? I agree with that, V dude. Yeah, definitely, dude. Okay, Absolutely. oh, okay, Steven, just one time. It's fine. Uh, hey, George, take a photo of me, George. Where is it? <laughs> I'm gonna pull my cock out of the cod beast. <laughs> Hide the e- hookers in the blow. Why does it look like ET for Steven? Because <laughs> I got a phone home. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, even though he was putting on the suit and Darth Vader rocks the suit, did you know that Darth Vader doesn't need the suit because all he needs is the force and rage? So this was a uh, kind of an old story that kind of resurfaced itself because of the fact that we want to talk about how powerful Darth Vader actually is. Um, In the initial Darth Vader comic book that was done by... uh, uh, Salvador La Roca, I think, was the artist, and the writer was Kieran Dwad. Gillen. Kieran, yeah, Kieran Gillen. Um, there was a character named Silo. Silo, who was kind of like this evil cyborg, no, somewhat cyborg position that he would make, like you know, a lot of cyborgs and cybernetics, and he had some kind of like weird, like a Doctor Mindbender monocle. Um, and uh, he had put a kill switch in Darth Vader's armor in order to be able to control his creations. And I don't know how he actually got that kill switch in there because I haven't read the stories yet. But um, I think he, the kill switch, he's the one who, who designed the suit to begin with. So he got put it. the kill switch in. 
So he uh, puts his kill switch in Invader, and you know they're having some kind of confrontation, and he activates the kill switch. Invader's armor shuts down, and now Vader is basically uh, powerless. He can't move. He can't do anything. Um, but then he's he in order to free himself from this, you know, now mechanical prison that he was, which is still a mechanical prison, um, but now it's a lifeless mechanical prison. He taps into his anger and his rage and his hate, all the things Yoda said he shouldn't be doing, and remembered his battle with his master, remembered how what Obi-Wan did to him, remembered that he's the one who killed Padme. And he basically used his rage and used the Force to remove the portions of the armor that were disengaged and uh, eventually kill uh, Silo, um, basically with the rage of the force without the armor. Again, a good little, you know, story to weave to give you a perspective as to how badass Vader was, um, why this is kind of coming out into fruition now. So many years after it's done, not so sure, but you know, just do you think it has boring news week at Star Wars? Yeah, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that Vader's going to be taking part in the Kenobi series? I don't think so. Um, but maybe, but listen, it's Vader. You want to read an article about Deepa Baloba, or you want to read an article about Darth Vader? Actually, I want to read an article about uh, Spiro's favorite girl. What's her name? Rose Tico. Rose Tico. Oh. I'm not. I'm, we're not doing that article. Um, oh no! Please, I want to do the article because okay, I, go ahead. I, you can do it I, 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 I have some funny comedy to, to to do for the article. Let me pull it up. So, um, apparently, you know, we know we know the whole issue with Kelly Marie Tran and and her nothing against the actress. She's nothing awesome. Against the actress, but you know, some fans really went after her and really were upset with Kelly Marie Tran about you know who she was and you know what she played and how she was written and all that shit. So, Star Wars fan. Uh, his may his name may or may not rhyme with uh, Eero Banatopoulos. Uh, penned a heartfelt tribute to Kelly Marie Tran's Rose Tico, and now I'm emotional. So this was produced from Cinema, Cinema Blend. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran has been making a name for herself the past several years. Blah blah blah. She's now in Disney's Ray of the Last Dragon. She's the heroine. I think Disney probably just gave her that because they, they they felt bad. They were like, "Listen, you got raked over the coals the last three years. Here, just, just take this and run with it, please." And she was, of course, the most uh, memorable character in the, in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, uh, Rose Tico. Uh, the fans really gave her a beating. Um, and uh, some fan really felt bad for her and wrote this little ditty for her. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it in the fan's voice. Look, man, okay, maybe we see ourselves in Rose. Maybe <laughs> we see that. Maybe there's... Something in us that believes in a fate that travels beyond the cosmos. That maybe, you know, maybe there is something within us that is screaming to become our own hero. Maybe Rose is our hope in a galaxy that seems so far, far away. And remember, Rose, you could always make soup salad out of chicken shit. Signed, Spiro A. Who's the Spiro A guy? I don't know. And then she responds, oh, blah, blah, thanks for jerking me off. Bling, all this nonsense. Congratulations, you just got over on Kelly Marie Tran. And speaking of over, um, before we go to over, 
I want to touch base on the Kenobi series because um, that's where I was leading it before I did the uh, interjection of Kelly Marie Tran just to get the spirit joke over. Um, there's rumors afoot suggesting that Darth Vader's Inquisitors are going to appear in live action in the series of Kenobi. That's the uh, the headline. Uh, Steel Wars recently sat down with Corey Van Dyke of Kessel Run Transmission, who discussed the mystery role of Moses Ingram. Now, who's Moses Ingram? If you're not familiar with her name, no, it's, it's the black lady. I know. She was in Queen's Gambit. Okay, yes, she was. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was the older... The older her, her uh, friend in the orphan. Yep. Yes. Who's great, by the way. Great actress. Great actress, right? Um, she's going to be in, Ob in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Van Dyke shared that he heard from one source that Ingram will play an Inquisitor in Disney Plus, on Disney Plus series. Though Van Dyke stressed that he still has yet to confirm the news with other sources. And this is his quote. This isn't something I'm running as a scoop because it's only from one person. So until I hear from other people, I don't know what I was told that she's definitely an Inquisitor. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm still running with other sources. We'll see. I'm still running it with other sources. And here's the deal. She came out and she, she said she had lightsaber training on a tweet. And that's what started the, the frenzy. Everyone thought she oh might be boy. a Jedi or a Sith. So this is how it feeds into it. But Doc, would you be inclined to see Inquisitors in live action? Well, I would. But here's, here's my big thing about it. I think they're great characters and I think they would make a great foil for Obi-Wan Kenobi, especially if they're Inquisitors that we have not seen in other media like Rebels uh, and, you know, books and, and um, video games, because then he can feel, feel free to kill them all as he wants. Kill them. Kill them all. Um, <laughs> which, which would be great, because uh, I want to see, you know, I want to see an angry, grizzled, old, mad, pissed off, you know, I had a Excuse me. Bless you. I had to kill my my best friend. Over can I, can I say something? Yes. You sneeze like a cunt. Anyway, go uh, on. Thank you. Uh, have you made many cunt sneeze? Um. So, <laughs> my compliments to the chef. <laughs> I say that every time. By the way, my compliments to the chef. <laughs> so, <laughs> you see, popping on lap. That's great. He's fucking dead. Oh, he's crying. Oh, I needed. Thank you, God. So, um, if if these are inquisitors that we haven't seen before, Obi Wan can feel free to you know slash and hack away and and, and really put on some skills that uh, I think we really need to see in this series. Um, my only other concern is the fact that if they, if she's going to be an inquisitor, does that lessen the fact lessen the chance that we're going to see Vader in the series? No, I don't think so. I think because, all right, picture this. And this is what I'm picturing off the top of the dome right now when you just said that. <coughs> Excuse me. Obi-Wan on Tatooine, suffering from PTSD, getting drunk in a bar, being accidentally seen by an Inquisitor. The Inquisitor looks in the database, realizes that he may be a Jedi. And what happens? Maybe she tries to kill him. Obi-Wan gets the best of her. News gets back to Vader. Fuck you, Jobu. I do it myself. And then that's how we get the Vader-Obi-Wan rematch. 
Yeah, I just don't want the Inquisitors to cheapen the Obi Wan. You know, the uh, the the Vader thing. No, I get it. Which they may not, but they may. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Look, all I know is I'm excited. All these Dude, rumors. I am so fucking pumped for the Obi Wan series. I really, really can't wait. Oh, speaking of Obi Wan, he had a he had an interview with Jimmy Kimmel. Did you see it? I did not. I I posted it to. I didn't post it to the mass thing I sent out before, but I did post it to the site. Uh, it's a ten minute interview. Do you want to put it into the show or not? Oh, ten minutes! Jesus Christ! Probably not. All right. Well, he talks about Obi Wan, and he talks about that other show, the other movie he's doing now, where he plays a fashion guru or something or other. But anyhow, anyway, move along. Uh, they were basically trying to get him information, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't spill any beans. Of course, he's not going to spill the beans. He's first of all, he signed an NDA. He's not going to do any of that bullshit. He's not Tom Holland like an idiot. Um, and he wants to. He wants Obi Wan season two to get fucking done. So that makes the most sense to me. Um. Well, yeah, he has to stay over gonna, with Disney. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, speaking of over. Oh, wow. We didn't see that segment coming. Ladies and gentlemen, we do a segment here on the New Force Order podcast called Who is More Over? Now, I know what you're saying to yourselves. That statement is grammatically incorrect. And you are correct. But it doesn't matter. Because it's my goddamn show. It's Doc's goddamn show. It's Spiro's goddamn show. Um, we do whatever the fuck we want, but more importantly, we speak in wrestling lingo. Why you may ask? Because I'm a professional wrestler. I am, uh, also inclined to let you people know that doc is a doctor at wrestling events. Who's also trained in the arts of pro wrestling and had about two or three matches in the arts of professional wrestling. And Spiro has been a professional wrestling fan his entire life. So we incorporate pro wrestling with Star Wars, and that is the flavor that's called the NFO. Deal with it. Learn it. Love it. Like it. If you don't, tough shit. So what we do is we compare two aspects of Star Wars. It could be a person, a place, a thing. It doesn't matter. We see what's more over with you, the fans. Now, you might say to yourself, well, I still don't know what over means. Over means popular. And in wrestling... When you're a good guy wrestler and you're popular with the fans, you get what you're called over. You're, it's called being over. And when you're over as a good guy wrestler, you're known as a babyface. You're over as a babyface. People pay a lot of Scott Old to come see you wrestle. And when you're a bad guy wrestler, you're known as a heel. You're over as a heel with the fans. People pay a lot of money to, get you, to come see you get your ass kicked. So like I said, we compare two aspects of Star Wars and we see what's more over with you, the fans. All six of you fans. But most importantly, what's more over with us? So, Doc, enlighten these scruffy nerf herders on what's on the marquee tonight. And this week, we uh, were really late with the who's more over. And that's my bad. I totally forgot to put the graphic up. Totally forgot what we were doing uh, because I was doing 15-hour shifts at fucking Disney and not trying to uh, uh, you know, beat every one of my family members into oblivion. Um, but this week, we uh, decided really quickly and really fast that we're going to do a trooper battle, which uh, we've done uh, them in the past before with Clone Phase 1, Clone Phase 2. But this time we're going to go OT Trilogy and we're going to look at the Biker Scout Trooper from Empire. Sorry, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> hey, yeah. You ever wonder why we're here? It's one of life's great mysteries, isn't it? 
here? I mean, are we the product of some cosmic coincidence, or is there really a God watching everything, you know, with a plan for us and stuff? I don't know, man, but it keeps me up at night. What? I mean, why are we out here, in this canyon? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about God. Uh, huh? nothing. You want to talk about it? No. You sure? Yeah. Seriously, though, why are we out here? As far as I can tell, it's just a box canyon in the middle of nowhere. No way in or out. Mm-hmm. The only reason that we set up a red base here is because they have a blue base over there. And the only reason they have a blue base over there is because we have a red base here. Yeah, that's because we're fighting each other. No, no, but I mean, even if we were to pull out today, and they were to come take our base, they would have two bases in the middle of a box canyon. What's up with that anyway? I mean, I signed on to fight some aliens. Next thing I know, Master Chief blows up the whole Covenant Armada, and I'm stuck in the middle of nowhere, fighting a bunch of blue guys. Versus the Snowtrooper from Empire Strikes Back. Cold weather assault stormtroopers, commonly known as snowtroopers, were the elite stormtroopers of the Galactic Empire, trained and equipped to operate in frigid environments such as the icy planet of Hoth. Imperial cold weather assault stormtroopers were direct descendants of the clone cold assault troopers during the Clone Wars, who fought in frigid environments such as Ardo Platonia, Renvar, and Tula. Specialized types of snowtroopers included heavy snowtroopers and arctic jump troopers. When the Empire routed the enemy rebel alliance from its headquarters on Hoth three years following the Battle of Yavin, the elite blizzard force led by General Maximilian Viers was involved in the battle. Snowtrooper armor was well insulated to protect against extreme cold with a suit and heated breather mask powered by a battery pack that could last up to two standard weeks. For great survivability, it also included ice boots, an insulated belt comma, polarized snow goggles, grappling hooks, iron flares, and a homing beacon. Snow troopers were often equipped with E-11 blaster rifles and E-Web heavy repeating blaster cannons. Which trooper is... Would you like to push in your pooper? <laughs> we have to get Steve-O on here and ask him. Um, so yeah, what are the academy to ask them? That's even better. Well, listen, they can't put anything up there anymore. They might kill the gerbil <laughs> or the hamster. They have to pull each other out of there first, too. So. That's true. And So, Doc, let us know what exactly is going on on the polls right now. On the polls. Did you even do the polls? I did the poll questions. The polls. Come on, buddy. Bro, I'm, not that, I'm not that much of a fucking uh, amateur. I didn't say you were an amateur. You were just I having fun with your family. What about fashion? All right. So on the polls that I didn't do. No, I, I'm, I'm joking. I didn't. <laughs> um, Facebook. We've got a 50-50 tie. Good. Any any comments? Got comments. Holly Garland. So basically, it's Chris Feehan versus a Snowy. They're both doing the Dark Lord's work. And the only reason I give this edge to the Snowy is because he gets to ride with my boys on Hoth. I give the edge to the Snowy because it rhymes with a blowy, by the way. Uh, plus, I'm assuming I'll need to dress like a Snowy whenever I go visit Recade. Do I know what Recade is? I don't know. It must be a Star Wars planet. The Hoth planet. One of those, uh, those uh, Sith planets that Holly loves. Chris Fian, Scout Trooper all the way. He puts a photo of... Uh, him dressed looks, looks like probably him dressed as a scout trooper. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's actually. I can never tell with Chris Fian because his costumes are so accurate. Um, let's go to the Instagram. I'm going to let you know what we got over there, bruh. 
Shout out to Chris Feehan and the 501st, the Empire City Garrison. Good guys. 100%. 100%. All right. Let's see. Uh, trooper. Ooh, 69% to 31%. The Scout Trooper is more over. So the uh, No comments there. Scout Trooper. Actually, let me see if there are any comments anywhere. Let's see. Hold on. The Scout Trooper seems to be over this week. Um, Ken Knopsock says, Papa Don, you are a piece. No, he, he really didn't say that. I'm just joking. Uh, we get a lot of follows, by the way, on uh, on Instagram. We're, we're, we're kind of trending, brother. All I'm seeing is follow, 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 follow up on here. I'm pretty happy. Um, Good. We might get seven fans now. That's it. Yeah. That's, so that's what we got. That's where All we're right. at. Well, Looks uh, like Scout Trooper more over. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an email address that you guys can email us at pertaining to this segment or any other segment that we do. Or you just want to tell us how much uh, you love the show, how entertaining we are, how much we suck, and we don't know Star Wars, and we're horrible. doesn't matter. Just let's interact. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a grand old time. But just to remember this, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So if you insult us, we might laugh at it because it might be a good insult. But we'll insult you back in a playful manner, not a malicious manner because we're not malicious beings. Even the Sith Lord who's hiding like a cunt on Exegol is a nice guy. But anyhow, um, email address, newforceorder at yahoo.com. Now, let's go to the emails and see who emailed us. Oh, Homeboy88. He says, the name of the email is called Pop. So, so did I celebrate? P-O-P or P-A-P? P-O-P. Like something that Joey Tell and Alvin Alvarez cannot get, a pop. Anyway, so, and what a pop means in wrestling terminology for you uh, civilians out there, it means reaction from the fans. So I did celebrate Cinco de Mayo as Cholo Baca, while Doc was Juan Cholo. But I also found out details on the black-haired Wookiee. Apparently, he is to be killed off pretty quickly, and his name is Chublaka. <laughs> okay, that was a good one. And it's a shame because BWLM, I guess Black Wookiee Lives Black Matter. Black Wookiee Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm there. There, you, there you go, NFO. And at Homeboy88 email. Ha, ha, ha. P.S. Shout out to Iron Patriot. P.P.S. Shout out to Hans. <laughs> so, so basically, that was just a fucking waste of our time because he didn't answer the question. No surprise. Yeah, fucking guy should have got deported. Anyway, um, <laughs> we could only hope those things. Would Spiro, happen. if you can enlighten us, what do you think is more over for you, scout trooper or snow trooper? All right, so who's more over? We got the snow troopers and and the scouts, right? The fucking scout troopers. I forgot what the fuck these guys are called. Um. You know what, man? This one's actually a, a, a tough one for me, man. It really is. But, you know, when I think of the snow troopers, all I see is the visual of Darth Vader walking in through the fucking, I don't know, smoke, the fog, and he's, and he's got the snow troopers around him, you know, during that battle on Hoth when they sieged the fucking compound, the, the rebel compound. Man, um, 
I don't know, man. I I actually have, you know, I I like all storm stormtroopers, all type of fucking stormtroopers. So, man, this one's tough for me, man. But and on the other hand, you got the scout troopers, the scouts, imperial scouts. I don't know, man. I I forgot their fucking proper designation, but um, you know, they they were jobbed out during the Battle of uh, Endor. You know, um, so it looks like I'm, I'm going to go with the snow troopers, guys, you know, that's who's more over with me. Interesting. Doc, did you see that coming? Um, like, uh, Ron Jeremy and a porn shoot. Oh, wow. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, just to get go for it, my man, do it. I'm going to go scout trooper. Scout trooper. Never really liked the look of the, the snow trooper. Um, I understand the gist of the costume, and I understand why people like it. It's just not for me. Not my cup of tea. I like the scout trooper outfit. I like the, the bikes. The bikes are dope. Um, I even like it more in Rebels when Ezra dresses up as scout troopers from time to time, as opposed to everyone just parading around in in. Uh, stormtrooper outfits as a disguise. So, yeah. scout trooper for me all day. Okay, so do do I talk first? Do you talk first? Who talks first? You talk now. Okay, okay. Um, hey, so Doc, let, talk. So let me harken back to a time when you harken uh, back. Very eloquently put. Thank you, sir. I, I am uh, a cutting linguist. Um, when. <laughs> <laughs> When, when Doc was a, a young boy, okay? <laughs> and this is not a pre-story, but when Doc was a young boy, um, I, I distinctly remember um, the first time I saw Empire Strikes Back you know, after watching A New Hope. You know, we saw the stormtroopers and suddenly like these new guys show up and they've got these like skirts on and they got these crazy ass KKK masks like that, a hood that kind of come down the bottom that come to the... And they look like sort of the not stormtroopers. They're like specialized. And I was like, oh shit, there are more than stormtroopers exist. This is fantastic. And then this awesome snow scene in, in Empire Strikes Back where the you know the rebels are trying to escape Hoth and they're getting decimated by the Empire. Crazy ass Adat walkers. And the snow troopers are invading and they're hanging out with Vader and they're doing all awesome stuff. And I was like, Ma, we gotta go to Toys R Us. Or we got to go to G and Sons, which is like, you know, the local mom and pop that was by me that had good stuff. She took me, and I distinctly remember the first few figures I got from Empire were the Snowtroopers because they just looked really cool. They came with awesome blasters. And I was planning ahead because all I could envision myself doing was playing with them on a snowy day that I had off from school outside. And sure enough, I did. I loved it. It was great. Um, fast forward to, to, to Return of the Jedi. We get scout troopers, which also look pretty cool. Forest Moon of Endor flying around on the little speeder bikes. I pick a few up, but I live in fucking Brooklyn, man. They ain't no fucking trees or forest or any shit like that. So it's difficult to kind of recreate those scenes. So for me, aesthetically wise, I really do like the Imperial uh, Snow Trooper look better than the scout trooper. And nostalgia-wise, the snow trooper is always going to be over for me. So this week, it is the snow trooper. 
Interesting. I like the backstory to that. Adds a lot of gravitas to your... Gravitas. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's who's more over this week. Next week, we'll have another segment. And uh, hopefully, you guys partake in the segment and uh, enlighten us with your opinions. Not that it really matters, but... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> of course, it matters. No, it doesn't. Of course, it matters. Anyway. Um, so, email address, as you guys can remember, is newforceorder at yahoo.com. Now, Doc... I know you're a big mark for um, Luke Skywalker, as am I. New comics coming out, Star Wars number 13. They, they released a little bit of a preview. Did you read this yet? Did you see it yet? I, I did see I did see a little bit of this. So spoiler alert for those who haven't, you know, uh, gotten around to uh, seeing the Star Wars over here. Um, but uh, Luke is uh, in his Jedi training, and he kind of uh, harkens back to, again, harkens back. I use it again. Um, to his uh, his original teachings on the Falcon with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, um, and um, he's using those little uh, floating zappy laser droids, and there's about ten of them in front of him, and he's got his High Republic Jedi Temple Guard saber, the yellow one, and he has his eyes closed, and he whips the ass of all ten of these. Um, as, uh, you know, at the end of it, Chewbacca rolls in the door and says, we got to go save Han, and he stops his Jedi training so he can go and rescue his buddy, which was great. This is basically twofold. It shows progress in Luke's training. Yep, that he's now kicking ass as a Jedi and took what he learned from Yoda. He said, I'm all here. I, I'm here to chew gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Always. And then uh, this is also a callback, if you will, to Empire Strikes Back, where his friends were in trouble. He dropped everything and ran to go save them. Uh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Just like you were saying before, Mandalorian and Grogu and now Omega. And the Bad Batch. Omega. Omega. It rhymes. You know? Um, you can even say Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of fall in that that situation as well. Because he lost his Aunt Peru and uh, Uncle Owen. and uh, Lost my Aunt Peru. <laughs> Luke. Anyway. Um, By the way, uh, that blue milk still tastes like shit. <laughs> Fucking terrible, dude. I heard I heard you like it better from Papa Smurf's tat. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sp speaking of uh, of Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah, I was in the ER t uh, this weekend. Uh, I, uh, it was particularly uh, not busy on, on the, at seven a.m. and there was only thirty nine patients. And, and I sat there and I said, uh, I said thirty nine patients. I said, wow. I said, that's a number I have not seen in a long time. And one of my residents started laughing. He goes, all right, Obi Wan Kenobi, shut up. And I was like, oh, nice. You picked up the reference. Nice. Very nice. Was that the the chick who was questioning you about Star Wars? No, 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 no. She was back. She's cool. She's. I'm not saying she's not cool. I was just curious if that was the same individual. No, no, it wasn't her. It wasn't her. Does, did, does this person know you do a Star Wars podcast? Uh, I don't know if this person. Maybe he does. I don't know. He's pretty. It's possible, but he knew the reference, which I thought was pretty cool. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. Um, I don't know if I posted the fucking. Uh, well, before we go there, uh, we're gonna dive into comics real quick. The High Republic had a comic and. It was uh, High Republic number four. 
I know High Republic is a favorite of Doc's. Oh boy. Uh, especially with uh, Geo the Rock. Yeah. Uh, a, group, <laughs> a group of Padawans were on a mission. Uh, I'm on a mission. With Yoda. And then they got a distress signal saying that the Nile were attacking some place or whatever, and Yoda bounced. Told him, stay put. Uh, lo and behold, something happens where um, one of the other Padawans had an issue with uh, a male student. I don't know. Something happened where this male student called her, was going to betray her. They, the other Padawans realized it's a trap, and they didn't listen. They went rogue. and they It's had a trap! So that was the highlight. That a group of Padawans, a group of kids didn't listen to the father figure or the parent figure. Yeah, that, How that, shocking is that? That's the highlight of my day every day. Eat your vegetables. No. Clean your room. No. Anyway, so that's the High Republic for you folks. Just We got to touch light on it because it's Star Wars, whether you like it or not. Uh, you know. But another comic book uh, also started coming out. Uh, I didn't put this on the thing, but I did send it to you, Doc. Um, the Alpha of uh bounty hunters uh the war of bounty hunters did you read that yet oh baby hold on hold on to your hats papa Don. You know, hold on lady we go for a ride hold on lady we go for a puppy ride shorty chow chi latsu santa hello lady we go for a ride here we go take a look at this okay oh you got it oh so this is this is one of the covers. There's probably at least uh, 60 covers that 60? are out there. I, 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 maybe 30. What um, the fuck is Marvel doing? Don't they? Didn't they realize from the 90s this shit doesn't so, work? But you have to you have to listen to this. Okay, so so this is this this is the new gimmick for. Uh, here's the one. So this is called the Virgin. Okay, it has, it has no writing on it at all. Question: What right. what movies what movie is this from? Is she a version? Uh, I don't know. Monster Squad. You ever see oh, Monster Squad? Of course, I see Monster Squad, but I saw it a thousand years ago. And this is the what's called the the uh, the trade dress, which has all the info on it, you know, the title and blah blah blah. So the versions are worth a lot more. So there are different comic shops out there that basically um, pay Marvel Comics for the license to produce their own cover for books that are large books, like a Spider Man number one, or um, you know, some new tie in to whatever it is. And they'll try to hire something, you know, hot artist and try to sell these books. Like those virgin books go for about 40 bucks a pop. A pop for one book. It's a 10 times markup because they get some hot, hot, hot artist to, <laughs> to do the cover. That was hard to say. Um, to do the cover. And they got to pay this guy, uh, you know, a, a significant chunk of change. Some Scott Oliver, probably like 15, 20,000 bucks. And then they got to do the printing press themselves and then and then solicit this and sell this. So my comic book dealer does this. And he tells me it probably costs him each cover that he does about twenty five thousand bucks. From from the beginning to the end. So they got to sell them at a premium. They got to sell them at a higher than cover price and because it's their exclusive limited to a thousand limited to three thousand to two thousand. So all these comic shops, the one I deal with Scorpion Comics does one. They did a Boba Fett one. Another one, Frankie's did a Boba Fett one. Some of them do multiple covers because they want to make it worth their while. So I think, you know, some other, Beaver had like, in Canada, had like three different covers. 
So they're cranking all these covers. And I was trying to pick up a few of them here and there. I picked up a bunch of them. There was a, a, a like a New Mutants Rob Liefeld homage one where it was Boba Fett. It was like the first appearance of Cable was Boba Fett. And then it had the circles with all the other bounty hunters inside of it. Like that, it, 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 the New Mutants 87, first appearance of Cable. Um, so they're cranking them out, dude, like crazy. And it's I, I can't keep up. I probably bought like five of them. I bought one that was super duper limited. That's not this one that's coming soon. Um, that's really dope. It's got like, it looks like, like the back of the Tatooine, like, um, like, uh, sunset and it's Boba standing there with the rifle up in the air. There's a few cool ones. There's a few not so cool ones, but there's a few cool ones. Um, and shout out to Holly who sent me one uh, today. She sent me a link to one and I sent her this photo of this one that I got here. Cause I thought this one's a little, a little bit better from Scorpion. And I had to buy five sets of those from Scorpion, which cost me, um, nearly $400. Because they only sell them in sets of five sometimes. The good thing is that I had four friends that I flipped them to, so which was nice. Hi, Doc. Hey, what's up? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I wanted one. Maybe I'm a friend. I don't know. Oh, I, don't know. Yeah, I didn't know you were getting into the comic world over there again. Uh, that That's a piece of art right there. You could frame that thing in a nice yeah. frame and look nice. Pretty beautiful. So, do you want to go into the Alpha comic? Uh, I haven't read it yet, so I can't. Do you want me to even mention it? What happens in it or not? Yes, uh, sure. Go for it. Some kind of spider woman appears in the comic. Jessica some, Drew? No, but it's supposed to be some lady. What happens is you were pretty what spot on. What was? You were spot on about the carbonation being uh, not uh, sufficient. And he was worried about Han's health. So he stops at a planet for whatever reason to try to work the kinks out of the carbonation so Han doesn't die. Then gets attacked by the spider lady who's like an arachnoid-looking woman and uh, he ends up killing her or whatever. But that's what it was brought to the limelight. So enjoy your fucking $40 spider lady. Uh, oh, I'm not going to read the version one. I'll read the trade dress. Uh, speaking of trade dress, your uh, one of your wet dreams is allegedly coming back to Star Wars. We we talked about this already, did we? Gina Carano? No. Oh, Daisy Ridley. Oh, Daisy Ridley. Oh. Did you read the article? I did. You said that a little bit late, so I did not read this article. All right. Well, neither did I. So let's open it up and read it right now. Uh, from Giant Freaking Robot, uh, Daisy Ridley will always hold an important station in the ever-expanding legacy of Star Wars. Her portrayal as the mysterious Ray anchored the last trilogy of films, and although Star Wars in Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker was not exactly a home run. To end the trilogy, no one can fault Rid uh, Ridley's performance or commitment to the role. Agreed. I agree with that. Since then, it has been made clear that her time with Star Wars had come to a close. But the property continuing to grow, thanks to the multiple projects on Disney streaming service Disney+, Plus, the door has certainly been left open for Disney to return as Ray if, she, if the time and project were right. And it turns out, just as time might be approaching... Thanks to some inside info from our most trusted and proven source, we have learned that Disney Ridley is currently in talks with the powers that be, Disney and Lucasfilm, to return as Ray in the upcoming Star Wars project. We are not able to discern just what the project would be. Is it something brand new or a project we already know about? But she is definitely speaking to the bigwigs about coming back as Ray in the future. Just how sizable would her return be? That is another thing we could not um, parse from the information we were given. 
But the undeniable that it is undeniable that Daisy Ridley is in the midst of talking to Disney. We have to wonder if bringing back Daisy Ridley would involve another feature film, or would it be a relation to streaming services on Disney Plus? Lucasfilm has been very adamant about the Skywalker saga part uh, of Star Wars being over, and that having Ray, ah, nice, and having Ray return would definitely call some of that into question. Would this return be after the events of Episode Nine? Or would the return of Disney uh, Daisy Ridley actually showcase part of Ray's life we did not see in the sequel trilogy? Nobody cares. Would that, yeah, and that, would that mean a return to the desert planet of Jakku, or perhaps filling in some of the gaps between the sequel trilogy entries? There was no gaps between seven and eight. At this point, anything is possible. No matter what, seeing Daisy Ridley return to Star Wars would be a monumentous occasion. The character of Ray, fascinating. Blah 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 blah. So she's in talks of coming back. Um, Would you be interested in seeing Ray again? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think, I think she's she 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 deserves um more to a uh, more of a fleshed more out. more oh, more more of a fleshed out story um for the future. They they really left it to the point where. There really is no other choice but to keep going with her story. I mean, she's she's Disney's Huckleberry. I mean, they you know they 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 bet the farm on her. She's the you know, one of the one of the you know the the sole main survivor of that of the of that of that sequel trilogy. Who gives a shit about Poe and and fucking Finn? You know, Luke dies. Ben Solo's dead. Han Solo's dead. Leia's dead. Who's left? A lot of people died in those fucking things. It's gonna be Ray. So and Ray's the one that's going to push out the trilogy, you know, push out the, the the Jedi, you know, here on in, and hopefully doing a Jedi Academy story where she, you know, decides to go out and do her own thing, but she, as she is still learning how to be a Jedi on her own herself, she's now you know thrust into teaching other students like Finn, who we hope is force sensitive, who we think is force sensitive. It just makes sense that this is where they're going to go with. They put so much money into this, into this trilogy, into this character, into this, this buildup. For them, we said this, we said this two years ago. For them to not continue it would be ludicrous for them. I mean, it just it's, it's it's them admitting defeat and then not running with the ball that they uh, that they decided to bring to the party. I agree. Um... One thing that's persistent, uh, persistently remains in Hollywood is ego. And unfortunately, um, ego is a motherfucker. And people won't cave to it. And they'll pound their chest over it time and time again, whether it's right or wrong. Or if they've messed up, they won't, they won't adhere to their mistakes. So I can definitely see this coming back. She might even be part of Rogue Squadron. Who knows? Uh, that would be interesting. But... Um... Bring her back. Let's do a Jedi Academy story. Let's, you know, see where she develops the Jedi further from here. But, you know, give it a little bit of a break. Let everybody get past somewhat whatever, you know, whatever bad taste the sequel trilogy left in their mouth. Um, Daisy really could leave whatever bad taste she wants in my mouth. It's fine. Um, and, uh, you know, let's see where it goes, because I think it makes sense to have these characters more developed, because... As we saw with Luke and Leia and Han, we needed more things with them. We needed to see, you know, what happened to them in between this and after this and during this and how this happened and this. 
And, and there's no way that Ray is going to go away and Daisy's young enough that we're going to see her. And I think also we're probably going to see Kylo Ren at some point, you know, not as Kylo Ren, but probably as Ben Solo and see, you know, those stories in between there. Um, him and Luke get, you know, get fleshed out somewhere along the line in some capacity. You might be right on that. Uh, question Is there like a music box or something playing in your end? Because I keep hearing music. There is a little music box, my son's okay. music box. Oh, that's fine. I just thought I was going nuts for a second. Yeah. Um, Tarkin's time. It's Christmas Griffin. music, baby. Sure, whatever. Tarkin's time. Well, you're Jewish. You guys don't believe in Christmas. Tarkin's timeline before A New Hope explained, including we, Clone Wars. We killed Christmas. Stop it. Summary uh, of, of Tarkin's timeline. Tarkin's the early years. Tarkin in Clone Wars, the Imperial era, the reign of Grand Moff Tarkin. That's a long what? article about a lot of Tarkin. Do you want to go into it or no? No, not really. I mean, let's let's talk about the most important part. Uh, he you made fire when exactly, ready. exactly. You know. Uh, evacuated a moment of triumph. That was, you know, the, the, the best Tarkin line ever. It explained him something about. If you want to read the article, look it up. Tarkin, Woof Tarkin, how he was uh, an admiral of this, of that, uh. how he came out of retirement, and how and how he, he woof woof, and is he dog? And how he um was no, a very Ma, big. You said Woof. What's so a Woof 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 Tarkin is his first name? No, it's Wilhof. Wilhof, whatever the fuck. Was he German? Um, goddamn Lucas. And um, it uh, it basically shows how much of a Palpatine believer he actually was during this time. So and, and why he was rewarded as he was uh, well, to be the Grand Muff of the uh, Muff of the of the uh, Empire. Um, I, I, the book Tarkin goes into it, um, and it's really well done. Um, the the Tarkin book, uh, big mark of it. Uh, James Lucino is the writer of it. Uh, I advise people to check it out. You know, he's he's a great character, and I, you know he's played by a fantastic actor and deserved... voiced by a fantastic actor too. Exactly. Stephen Stan, friend of the show. Shout out to Stephen Stan. And and well deserving to be the um, the uh, you know the the continuation of his story and the fleshing out of his story, um, which we really did not see in um, the the uh, the initial trilogy. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we do a segment on this show called You Just Made the List. You Just Made the List. Are we at the list? We're at the list. So what we do is we incorporate lists that are put on the internet for Star Wars, and we give our analysis and our take on each list. So here's I'll do the first one, Doc. The Bad Batch, 10 Jedi Survivors of Order 66. So, this is a list of Jedis who survived Order 66. Number one, Caleb Dune, a.k.a. Kanan Jarrus. Number two, uh, Siri Junda. Siri Junda is a former Jedi, a Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order video game. Uh, she was captured by the Imperial forces after 66, tortured until she divulged the location of her Padawan, Trillia, who would eventually become the second sister. One of the many Inquisitors in canon. Sierra Junda, and how you spell that name is S-E-R-E. I'm sorry, C-E-R-E-J-U-N-D-A. Uh, used the Force to escape her captors and eventually lived an anonymous life far removed from her origins. She would have remained it if it wasn't for Cal Kestis. Uh, another Jedi, Farron Barr. 
Not not that that not that commercial where the guy's peanut butter stuck on his fucking mouth going, Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr. Who oh. killed Alexander Hamilton? Aaron Burr. Burr. Farron Barr is one of the Jedi survivors from Order 66, explored in Marvel Comics. He was a Padawan at the time of the attack and managed to escape. He's one of the few people in the galaxy who learned who Darth Vader truly is. After hacking into the Imperial Defense Network, oh, him and Snowden, huh? He finds out the truth about Anakin Skywalker and organizes a small army of followers to lead the attack on Vader and the Empire. Unfortunately, his mission ends in failure. And with the death at his hands of the powerful Sith Lord. Okay, Jocasta News, the next one. That's the librarian. Um, I think Vader kills her too. But, but not before she shows off that she was one of the most underrated Jedis out there. Absolutely. She had the list of all the young, Force-sensitive kids in the universe, and she deletes it before Vader can get it. Delete, to give it to the- delete, delete. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor was a Jedi who became a Grand Inquisitor. He was one of the Temple Guards. Cal Kestis. Ahsoka Tano, uh, Grogu, Grogu, Yoda, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Those are the yep. 10 survivors. Got it. All right. I'm going. The uh, Every member of the Skywalker family ranked by penis size. No, by power. Sorry, not by penis size. Um, here we go. Skywalker family. The heart of everything we do at Star Wars movies. Let's rank them by power. All right. Number nine. And eight. Uh, she should kind of be an honorable mention. I think it ran out of Skywalkers. Shimmy Skywalker Lars. Uh, least isn't powerful. It, isn't it Shmi? 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 Shmi. Yeah, sorry, there's no eye in between there. I, I, I put myself in her, so I, I consider the eye, so it's fine. <laughs> That's what uh, what's his face said. Um, Palpatine. Uh, number seven, Padme Amidala. No, is she really? She's, I guess she's a Skywalker by marriage, you know? An injection. An injection, I guess. Hey, works every time. So she's on there as number seven. She <laughs> isn't, isn't really Force-sensitive that we know of. It'd be nice if she actually would turn Force-sensitive, right? That'd be interesting. Some story out there that she uses something. Number six, Han Solo. Now, how's he a Skywalker? Because he married a he married he's not a, Skywalker. a Skywalker. That's horse shit. He's a solo. Anyway, go on. Well, he, well he's not really a solo either because he made, gave himself that name. But anyway, uh, he joins via marriage, just saying. In this case, with Leia, at least not being able to use the Force either. It doesn't mean Han is a powerful character. Blah blah blah. That's kind of bullshit. But anyway, okay, number five. Let's go. Let's list five Star Wars characters. <laughs> Leia Organa Solo. So Leia, some of great powers, able to use the Force, isn't something she does on a regular basis. Um. Her force ability is impressive, as, as is her actual military work and organization that makes her stand out as a character. Okay, great. Number four, Ben Solo. Ben is the son of Leia and Han. Uh, very strong, learner of the Luke, blah, blah, blah. Only thing that really holds Ben back is his own emotions. Very conflicted character. There's another list coming about Ben as well, which I think is a, a pretty good article. Number three, Ray Skywalker. Talk about not a Skywalker. It's because well, you're oh, well, well, that could be retconned. Uh, with what the hand issue, with the hand being, uh, or, or, or the sh- or the shmi thing? No, 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 no. The hand being from Marvel Comics, the latest issue. All right. Well, here, here's a better way way to recon it. We know how to recon it. If Palpatine is the one who impregnated Shmi, then theoretically she is a Skywalker because Shmi is a Skywalker. What does Shmi have to do anything with with uh, Ray? She's Palpatine's granddaughter. 
But that doesn't make Palpatine a, a, a Skywalker. It's it's all in the family, my man. Just like Han Solo's no. a fucking Skywalker over here in the stupid article. No, 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 no. I look if they fucking make Snoke and all the clones out of a combination of Palpatine DNA and Lucan DNA, that means that the son who had Ray has uh, DNA from Skywalker. And that's why she's a Skywalker. That's and a really long. that's a really old hand job there. If it's a Luke's hand, Luke's hand and Palpatine's DNA. That's disgusting. Okay, so 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 Ray, I'm not even gonna read it. This is fucking stupidity. She's fucking uh, whatever. Anyway, Anakin number two. Well, these Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, complex characters, easily one of the most powerful in the Skywalker family. Great pilot, very skilled fighter, and then number one is of course. Uh, Mike Skywalker, who is uh, <laughs> who is the brother who, who worked at Dexter's Diner? He, he's the one. He's the Skywalker you buy on Wish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, interesting that you know Luke is more powerful than his father. Um, well, that's because Luke isn't a fucking quadriplegic. <laughs> Luke, I got legs. You got no legs, Darth Vader. <laughs> you got no legs, Darth Vader. <laughs> I know that force. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, man. It's, it's my lava legs. You ain't got no legs, Darth Vader. <laughs> hey, Dad, you want to race? Very funny, Luke. <laughs> it's a one-arm race. <laughs> <laughs> Both his arms are cut off, dude. I know. Well, yeah, one at one point. Yeah, I know, I know. All right. Ten ways Rise of Skywalker let down Kylo Ren's character. All right, before you read this thing, I thought this was a really good article, by the way, because it really deep dive into it. Go. Okay, I didn't even read it, but I'll go into it now. You want to do it instead? No, you do it. I don't care. 10. Kylo Ren would not want to immediately kill Rey as Palpatine orders. When the Rise of Skywalker first opens, Kylo Ren is not quite as large and in charge as The Last Jedi may have implied him he would be. Instead, of course, Palpatine infamously returned and took over the First Order. Kylo Ren was once again immediately reduced to the Big Bad Stooge and was sent after Rey to kill her. After the way The Last Jedi ended, Kylo Ren would be far more likely want to capture Rey at the most aggressive and work with her, or at least killing her. However, it would not be on Kylo's agenda, especially not after he, uh, where he's at when the movie opens, though he may have been able to get there by the end. Eh. His force bond with Rey is a little more than a tracking device at most times. Talk about the force dyad. Kylo Ren should be one of the best fighters in the galaxy. That's number eight. Number seven, he pulls back on his you're nothing speech to Ray. Number six, he was ultimately responsible for his mother's death. A vision of Han changes Kylo Ren's mind for some reason. How can they shit on that scene? Anyway, number four, Ben Solo is completely unfamiliar, underutilized character. Number three, Kylo Ren's power levels fluctuate wildly throughout the film. Number two, his kiss with Rey is a disservice to both of their characters. How dare and you? number one, Kylo Ren's arc was never really fulfilled nor fully realized. I want to read that for a second. By the end of Rise of Skywalker, Kylo Ren dies. Spoiler. But most movie franchises are not really sure what to do with their villains except imprisoning them or more often just killing them off. It's it's a neat and easy way to tie everything up. Even it's strongly in indicative of weak storytelling, easy way out ending. Kylo Ren's arc is incredibly rushed at the end, and it ends 
in him dying so he never has to do any further work on his own redemption in this way his arc was never really fulfilled nor was it ever fully realized unfortunately in the end he was just another letdown victim of the mess of the rise of skywalker wow powerful words yeah i mean it was uh it really did this article did not pull any punches when it came to talking about how they treated him and how they did him but you know they also mentioned oh you know a lot of these stories the the villain either dies or gets in prison uh, what would you like the villain to do uh, suddenly say, oh, you know, we talked about this before. There's no way Kylo was going to be able to redeem himself with the atrocities that, you know, that he committed. And same thing with Vader. If Vader would have survived at the end of um, uh, Jedi, uh, what are you going to do with him? Uh, you're not going to throw him out to the room and be like, hey, congratulations, son. You're, you know, you're all safe and you're ready to go. Let's do it. Um, so it, it just makes sense to me that either you, you got to die or you got to go to jail. One or the other. That's been going on for years in movies. Yeah, I would have done it different though. Like I said previously on a, on a pri- previous episode, I would have made him fake his own death and become like a nomad where he's like in the shadows like Batman trying to redeem himself like uh, like the Winter Soldier. Like the Winter Soldier, exactly. You know what I'm saying? But from the shadows and always saving innocent people and this, that, and the other. And maybe later on down the line, in another trilogy, he bumps into Ray accidentally, you know, and they uh, Enos they first. What? Enos first. Yeah. So I don't know. It would have been a different take, you know. Yeah. Maybe no, I, I get maybe, it, maybe he's always overlooking her, like like uh, Ben did to Luke. Yeah. But she would have been able to sense him because of the whole Force die. I think. Of I was, course. He listen. He had to go down. That's it. Plain and simple. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know. Whatever. I can care less. Anyway, last list. You want to do the video game list? No, God. Really? You want to do this one? Not really. It's, it was a top 10 fucking video games. There are the five big there. Star Wars games reportedly in development. Yeah, so one is the Mandalorian. One is the um, the Knights of the Old Republic game. One is uh, F- uh, Force. Uh, what's that game? With, with Cal Kestis. Part two Jedi, of that one. Jedi, yeah, uh, Force, whatever the fuck's called. Yeah, I don't know. Cock of the Force. Uh, part two, another one was uh, games that are really immemorable and nobody cares All right, about. good list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that list. Fuck that list. All right, so, yo, uh, KOTOR. We have two articles on KOTOR. Oh, I don't know if I want to touch base with them because it's not canon, but Knights of the Old Republic remake is really exciting for Darth Revan and Malak. And also and Darth Spiridon. And the other article, Star Wars The Old Republic, Darth Descent, is a welcome addition to this game's story. So what we'll do is here. Doc and I are going to do a hard pass on this right now. Because we can care less of all that non-canon bullshit and Malak and Revan and all that other shit that's not canon. And we're going to throw it to our main man in the Witness Protection Program on Exegol. Spiro, please give us your two cents. And if it's long-winded, that's fine. We'll make it your segment. And maybe we'll change it. It'll be this, this isn't the canon you're looking for. Or fucking, it's canon to me, damn it. It's still canon to me, damn it. That could be the name of the segment. Um, And you can go on your rant and let us know why this is important. Why you think it's still canon or will be canon. Why Revan is going to be canon and not Brie Larson. So, enlighten us. Go ahead. The floor is yours, my friend. Malgus is an intriguing character. 
He's a character that I like from the old Republic. Um, his story is, I want to say it's tragic, but it's really not because the difference between Malgus and Vader is that Malgus chose this shit. Mal Ma um, Malgus, nobody had to fucking confuse him or nobody had to fucking sort of guide him down the wrong, the, the wrong path. You know, Malgus chose this path. He chose, you know, everything that happened to him and everything he had to do in, in order to get to where he was. He said, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, what happened with fucking Padme and Anakin, you know, that, that was just something that happened that, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like Malgus where Malgus saw his wife and said, you know what? She's a liability. I'm going to kill this bitch. And he fucking killed her. And it made him stronger. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but this new expansion to the old Republic uh, MMORPG is actually coming from the novels, from the Malgus novels that are out there. I have a copy of it. I haven't read them all. Um, I kind of want to read this before I, I get into this expansion um shit i don't even know if i have time to do either these days but i'm gonna try um listen man we need more old republic shit the fact that disney is allowing you know star wars and the old republic to still exist out there you know who knows what is canon and what's not canon these days but you know if they're going forth with this then the old Republic is canon in, in some way. You know, I just want somebody to present uh, a canon timeline, uh, you know, an updated timeline and explanation of what is canon and what's not canon from the old Republic. I mean, whatever they want to do with it, they can do because these games are still out there. These stories are still out there. Those of us who are fans of the old Republic can still enjoy them no matter what. But to bring all or just certain aspects of the old Republic into canon, I think is fucking an icing on the cake, you know. But yeah, uh, you know, these these MMORPG games, man, they're fucking addicting. You got to have time uh, to to. To dedicate to this stuff um i don't know who has who and uh i don't know who has time to be honest to dedicate to this stuff but check it out uh you might like it there's a lot of rich old republic history in there uh you know and it's free guys it's actually free you know i mean you can pay for a few things like cosmetics items and other items that help power you up but you don't need that shit you know you don't need any of that shit to, uh, to play th through this whole story you know so you can either go to steam or i think you can go to uh star wars the old republic.com and you can download the fucking game for free they got all the expansions they got shit you know that deals with malgus shit that deals with revan shit that deals with Darth Vitiate and the Eternal Throne. Uh, 
it's a lot of great stuff. Stuff that I think they should make either films or series out of. So look, man, you know, it is an exciting time for Star Wars fans, especially if you're a fan of the old Republic. There's been a lot of news. And listen, guys, there's a lot of speculation out there. All right. But, you know, they're, they're also talking about how if this is in fact going to happen, it's not going to be f for a while. You know, um, I'm not going to focus on that. I mean, do I care whether or not they remake Knights of the Old Republic? Not really. What I think they should do is expand on it, okay? Um, listen, yeah, I'm open for a remake of it, but why not expand to other characters of the Old Republic? Why not give us a proper, you know, Revan history lesson, so to speak, you know? Uh you know, fucking show us Revan and Malik defying the Jedi Council. And, you know, take us through the Mandalorian Wars. Take us up to the point where Malik betrays Revan. You know? But I definitely feel that they need to revamp the combat system. That whole turn-based shit, I, you know, especially for nowadays, the way people are, I don't think it's going to work. Um... Not a fan of it. Uh, I've put up with it in the past only because the fucking games have, have been that good to where that's really not an issue. But, you know, they definitely need to, to tweak a few things. I mean, listen, man, it's exciting just hearing about it. But is this going to happen? It makes sense for it to happen. And um, fuck, man, I can't wait. You know, I... I, honestly, I can't wait to find out if all this shit is just bullshit rumors or or if this is something that's actually in the works. Then after that, then I could fucking go f full on fucking fanboy mode. Well done. Did oh, you think? Uh, no. Did you? Th what did you see think? that one coming? Yeah, right. Like, anyhow, Helen Keller. He, he made some valid points on his in his uh, presentation, um, and. Uh, doesn't matter. It's not canon anyway. So tough shit, Spiro. We still love you, Spiro. Now, uh, now get the uh, the baby wipes and clean up. Now go get your fucking shine box. I go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt! You, you fucking piece of shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on! <laughs> uh, uh, Tommy, I heard. Maybe you haven't heard. I, I don't shine no shoes no more. Anyway. Um, do you have anything to add? Um, I anything have, uh, else? I have one, one thing to add. Uh, I showed you this uh, awesome Grogu and Mandalorian shirt that I picked up from my friend Jason the other day, who um, is doing some shirts. If uh, and I'll send some links out, and it's the uh, you know the um, the cover of uh, the Scarface poster. It says, "Say hello to my little friend Amanda." Is Scarface. And floating beside him is Grogu in a little suit, which is pretty fucking cute. Um, I'll send you links out over there. You can pick up some shirts over there. You might know, I get start, a free shirt? Start a new large. business over free shirt. What do you what look like? I'm an indie, I'm an indie, indie promoter over here. How about a hot dog and a handshake, kid? <laughs> oh god, that's about Anything all I got to add there, Pop. All right, well, let's let them know where they can find you at. 
Yeah, man, it's been great. But you can also find me every Friday on the on the Rational Rage podcast on the Rational Rage Network. The show's gone through a bit of an evolution. It's no more anger-filled rant fest about politics because that shit just does no good to anybody's soul. It just divides us all. So now it's just a show where people come on, they hang out, we have a few drinks, and we talk about anything. Uh, on Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiridon. That's it, guys. Doc, hit him up with your uh, whereabouts. You can find me uh, on the uh, planet of um, the Outer Rims. Uh, Dr. Destroyo. Dr. underscore Destroyo. D-E-S-T-R-O-Y-O Instagram. Alex Royo MD. Twitter. Alex Royo on Facebook. And please remember, search now. It should be on all your DVRs. CNN Truth About Vaccines. Dr. Royo featured prominently on that program. My mother told me I look amazing in that. My eyes were popping and shining. And I said, Mom, I'm ready for my close-up. I love you. You are moving on up to the east side, to a deluxe apartment in the sky. Uh, long way. You fucking started at the bottom as a fluffer, and now you're here. So good for you, Doc. Yeah, started at the bottom, uh, now I'm here. Um, $20, $20. Hey. Can't knock the hustle, baby. Um, you can find me at Greek God Papadon on Twitter and Instagram. Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. Um. Pro Wrestling Tea slash Greek God Papadon is the uh, Pro Wrestling Tea store where you get Pro Wrestling T-shirts of your boy GGP. Be the coolest kid in the remote school by rocking your GGP shirt. Buy the shirt! And you can go on YouTube. My YouTube page, Greek God Papadon, where I have matches and promos. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, like, comment, interact. Let's have a grand old time. But you can find the three of us together. At NFO underscore podcast on Twitter. New Force Order on Instagram. Official New Force Order on Facebook. New Force Order at Yahoo.com is the email. Um, thank you, ladies, gentlemen, for giving us your time. Hopefully we entertained you. We, we enlightened you with some information and some data, some news, some cold hard facts, and some shenanigans. Because that's what we do. Come forward. And, yes. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, again, to you first-time listeners, thank you for staying to the end of the episode. But um, we want you to know we will never get ourselves, the NFO, Doc, Spiro, myself, we will never try and get ourselves over on the expense of Star Wars. We will continue of getting Star Wars more over with you. So thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been another action-packed, new-stacked, making soup salad out of chicken shit episode of the new Force Order. Full And that's just a too sweet. Henceforth, you shall be known as the new Force. Order. This one's for you, Havoc. Love you, my man. Till we meet again.